0: Poker.
1: This is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free, just uh, dial in at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, you can bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian, Michelle, and Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. We'll tell you more about those. As the night goes on here tonight, 800-259-9231, lots of news uh, worthy of discussion, but one of them I mentioned over the weekend we never had a chance to get to, so I wanted to make sure that we did, and that is that Belgium has apparently set a record for the amount of days without a government. Woohoo! Yeah, 200. And well, now this was written a few days ago. So presuming they still don't have a government uh, today. As of the 17th of February, it was 249 days without a government.
2: And I believe people are out protesting that they want a government.
3: (laughs) Belgique.
1: (laughs) Well, obviously, there are people out there that want government, Mark. I mean, that's. Some people like the idea of being told what to do, or, on the other hand, they like the idea of being part of the government and telling people what to do.
4: And I have no problem with that, actually, as long as I can opt out.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, by all means, hire somebody to tell you what to do. Go hire a dominatrix, you know, whatever whatever it is that, that uh, you know, tweaks you out. So, the Associated Press... Reporting here in Brussels, Belgium citizens are marking 249 days without a government today, a figure they're treating as a world record. Day to day, the crisis pits the leaders of six million Dutch-speaking Flemings against those of 4.5 million French speakers. But people from across the country are putting aside their differences to celebrate the occasion. Finally, world champion, the usually serious de standard, headlined its Thursday edition, Tongue Firmly in Cheek, Of course, it is serious that we have no federal government, says Chris Peters, the minister-president of Flanders, in an interview. But on the other hand, I appreciate very much the humor of certain actions. So it sounds like they may have localized governments. I don't know what sort of local governments are called in Belgium. I know that they're cantons in Sweden, right? I, uh, I couldn't tell you what they're called. Um, but,
2: you know, I mean, this is always what this means when they say there's the, the you know, the, the government has been shut down, that uh, that in fact the government hasn't been shut down and that uh, the, what they call emergency services or
1: necessary services, they continue to go on. Usually what it does well, we is... we don't it, know. I mean, presumably that's what's going on here because that's what happens in the U.S. But the Associated Press doesn't really drill down and get into the the detail of exactly what this government shutdown looks like. Uh, But nonetheless, it's arguable whether 249 is really the record. Iraq took 249 days to get the outlines of a government agreement last year, but the approval of that government took a further 40 days. Still, the way things are going, Belgium will have little problem claiming a record, whichever standard is used. As after general elections on June 13th of last year, Belgium's major parties began talks to force through the biggest constitutional reform in decades to keep both linguists both linguistic groups happy, but since their interests are often diametrically opposed, they ran into one deadlock after another. Now, I don't think it's fair to compare this government shutdown to what happened in Iraq. And
4: and- absolutely not, considering the United States military was thoughtfully over in Iraq, making sure that there was peace and everything.
1: Well, and well in first we just- to blow everything up. That well, right.
4: tongue, my tongue was in my cheek.
1: <laughs> well, right. In addition, the, the military essentially unseated the iraq government they were removed by force by a condition outside of their control whereas this government has come to an impasse and it has decided well since we can't agree on you know whatever linguistic rules they're trying to agree on we'll just go ahead and shut the whole thing down and i think that's a whole different category of being without government i agree so uh so i thought i would go ahead and, and award them this uh this world record i think that they should be proud can king get, get them a little uh up one of those little uh Plastic trophies. King Albert. (laughs) Apparently they have a king. Uh, So even a kingdom can be shut down, apparently. Uh, This guy doesn't actually do anything.
2: Come on. England has a queen, too. I mean, all they do is lay around and get like tax subsidies or something.
1: King Albert had to appoint and accept the resignation of one go-between after another as the major parties refused to move far from their pre-election position. It's a process which continues to this day. The chances of success for the current negotiator are seen as slim. And the specter of new elections to break the deadlock are looming. Peters says there's a moral responsibility or duty, rather, to be optimistic and that it's very important also in politics. Beyond optimism, uh, Optimism. Belgians have also you made You have it- to be optimistic if you're going to deal in politics. Belgians have also made it a moral duty to make fun of themselves. We never take ourselves seriously. We are the country of the Smurfs, of Tintin, of René Magritte, I don't know what that is, and surrealism. So it's a country that, compared with England or France, we dare to make fun of ourselves, said another politician. Nevertheless, Belgium remains one of the wealthiest nations in the world, giving people the luxury to take things with a chuckle. He said that it takes time. A world record is not a shame. So good for them. I'm glad to hear it. Because apparently, some of the news in this country is that the government is nearing a shutdown. So maybe March
4: fourth, possibly. Huh? Is that
1: right? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm excited. I hope that it happens because the more the government shuts down and even if it is, the, you know, the half-assed partial shutdown that you were describing earlier that we're so used to seeing in this country, Mark, I, I still think it's good when it happens. You know, when they do do the shutdown thing, um, you know, the government, believe me, the guys over in
2: Afghanistan aren't going to come home because they cease to get paychecks and right. they cease to get uh, bullets and diesel fuel and all that other stuff. But it'll be, oh, you know. Social Security payments and stuff like that, those checks will be uh, delayed. So the, <laughs> the the intention is is to put the screws to the American people so that they yep. get out and they demand a government. Whereas, um, in fact, you know, these are small potatoes compared to the money that the government will be spending when it is shut down.
4: You know, one of the interesting things about a lot of the French, um, I mean, obviously, Belgium is a sovereign nation, but um, it is influenced by the French and uh, is their their dependence on unions and um you know that's interesting to me i've been watching what's going on in wisconsin and and uh, my one experience that i had with the french government and the unions um was in uh, uh, tahiti and while i was there the um the uh, unions went on strike for trash and mail mm. so consequently they was trash everywhere and there was no mail which if you know when i was on the little island of bora bora that meant that nothing could be shipped in consequently you you couldn't go and buy a $12 jar of peanut butter <laughs> tragically enough wow <laughs> so you know i mean and so what ended up happening was the local economy on the island actually boomed because it didn't you know
2: Fish was a plenty. Yeah, the the local producers of peanut butter they they suddenly <laughs> can sell their products at a premium. <laughs> That's the problem with those little island nations, and I understand that. I I don't know if Tahiti was the time was sovereign, or if it is even sovereign it's now. It's French
4: Polynesia. Yeah, so.
2: I, I could I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, being an American, I only learn geography when we actually attack and kill people there. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> these uh, southern
4: hemisphere in the middle of the ocean i have a general idea like i could probably
2: drop a nuke somewhere near it the um you're talking about these these little island nations they just don't have the ability to generally make it on their own because they need things coming in from the outside they can't drill for oil they you know it's it's so difficult most places
1: need things coming in from the outside though the United united states wouldn't Oh, you mean the whole aggregate of the United States? Gotcha.
4: Actually, we would. That's not going to last much
1: longer. We don't. Yeah, we don't right.
4: produce anything, particularly food. We are importing now most of our food, and yes, sorry, it's really? true. Other than almonds, which California,
2: I, we've got to be, we've got to be doing okay in corn. Yeah, <laughs> just not just
4: GMO, non edible corn. <laughs> well,
2: whatever. You could can, you can choose to eat it or not. I've eaten it before. It hasn't killed me. S- but uh, I, if you drive anywhere, you see huge, huge. Fields I
4: wonder of corn. if that corn though causes you to have gas.
2: <laughs> Doesn't I mean, all types of food cause you to have gas? That
4: was supposed to be a joke because <laughs> <of> ethanol, <laughs> ethanol, la la la. Yeah. Whatever. I guess down. it wasn't that funny. <laughs>
1: All right, so we're going to continue here in a moment with your thoughts. Certainly welcome at 800-259-9231. Maybe you're in Belgium and you can tell us more about, or maybe you've been there in the past 250 days, and you can tell us more about uh, the shutdown that has been affecting the federal government there for a good portion of a year. 800-259-9231. Also, uh, looks like the government people in the U.S. government are threatening a shutdown. We'll tell you what that's all about and take your calls about anything. 800 259 9231. You can take control. Plus, news about ecstasy coming up. Free Talk Live.
4: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Morsels, helping you create special moments and memories your family will cherish forever. Visit us at tollhouse.com. You may bake for birthdays and holidays, but why stop there? Sweeten up the rest
5: of the year by designating monthly dessert days. Treat your family to one of their favorites or surprise them with something new. Either way, you'll create a tradition everyone will love. For
4: more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
1: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian, Michelle, and Mark. And uh, don't forget eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the number. The website does feature things like our shrine of female listeners, by the way, with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they're listeners of the program. You can see them at shrine. Freetalklive. dot com. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on becoming part of the shrine at shrine. learnliberty.org dot com.
2: Liberty dot org is a new website featuring libertarian talks and lectures on a variety of topics. It's uh, Sponsored by the Institute for Humane Studies. It's a great way to explore new avenues within the libertarian perspective. You can brush up on political and economic and philosophical terms like Public choice and confirmation bias. They're adding videos all the time. Some of the new videos that you can go over there and see is uh, Stephen Horwitz tackles the ever-present question: Are the poor getting poorer? This is three and a half minutes, and it's a, a particularly good video for people who'd like to know how to effectively address this particular issue with their liberal friends, because this is what's getting said all the time. And uh, these these are some of the preeminent thinkers in the liberty movement. It's put together. It's a slick website. Go check it out. LearnLiberty.org. It's the lectures they wish they taught that they taught you in high school.
1: All right, so eight hundred two five nine ninety-two thirty one is the number. We open up the show tonight with a story about Belgium and how it is that they have been without a federal government for over two hundred and fifty days after an impasse was reached. I think it was last June there were some elections that uh, resulted in kind of a split between different parties Um, they couldn't come to an agreement on their agenda essentially and so the government had to shut down
4: i'm curious are taxes still being collected
1: good question maybe ishtar will be able to answer Uh, i mentioned the shrine of female listeners she's one of the newer uh, participants in the shrine and she's with us uh, on the line actually visiting new hampshire uh, this week ishtar are you there
6: yeah,
1: I'm here. Hey, uh, welcome to Free Talk Live. So, you grew up in Brussels or in uh, uh, Belgium?
6: Yeah, I'm a Belgian citizen. I, I grew up there and I lived there my entire life. Um, and I wanted to call in to uh, to explain the situation a little bit more. Uh, nice. This this deadlock has actually been reached because uh, wait, I've got trouble with the line here.
1: Oh, okay. Was,
6: yeah, we can hear you. Well, this deadlock was reached because the previous government actually reached the deadlock as well. And the funny thing about it is that the reason they keep this deadlock is because politicians, for the first time since the history of the country, are actually keeping their campaign promises to the voters. We have a, a, a language barrier in the French speaking part and the Flemish speaking part, and both language parts are, usually have opposite interests. And what used to happen was the Belgian politicians with uh, promised a bunch of stuff to the voters, and then once uh, they got elected, would just forsake all their promises. And well, that sounds like politicians time, everywhere. Yeah, and and this time they're actually refusing to do that, which means that they can't reach an agreement because they're just both being stubborn. No, we're going to do what we promised the voters this time. And Are they collecting paychecks? Yes, they're collecting – well, right now the politicians that actually won the election aren't collecting paychecks because, well, they're not in office or anything like that. Hmm. But the previous government is uh, functioning as an interim government, and they're allowed to finish up any case that was closed before the election, that was open before the election. So just like the general thing to keep the country running, they're allowed to do, but they're not allowed to start anything new until – New government. So
1: taxes are being collected then. So uh,
6: taxes are being collected. The country will own. Nobody actually notices anything about us not having a government. It's just nobody cares.
4: So, really, this really uh, proves the point, you know, once again, that taxes, the collection of income tax, uh, is, is really the fundamental key to um, uh, oppression. By I government,
1: I think I don't know if that's the fundamental key. I would say the fiat currency is is more of a key than the income tax, but I'd say they work together pretty. pretty I mean, closely. right?
4: Because if, whether there's a government or not, if you're being deprived of the fruit of your labor on account of you know a, a supposed government, well, whether there's in fact one or not, you're still being. Right.
1: So in uh, Belgium, they have this – they claim to not have a federal government, but at the same time, you're saying the federal government uh, bureaucrats are still coming and doing their aggression against uh, peaceful people. Correct.
6: Yeah. I mean, everything goes on. And I actually read a really funny article in a Belgian newspaper that was pointing out that – since we haven't had a government that is allowed to start new things and they're only ha- allowed to handle stuff that's already there, this is actually really, really good for our deficit problem, the fact that we don't have a government. For the first <laughs> time in years, we're actually closing the gap. And if they, they, they give a prediction, I think it was 2013 um, May or something like that, if we manage not to have a government till then, we'll be, be able to be debt-free as a country. Incredible. Wow. So,
1: so actually, uh, yeah. the the having not having a, a bunch of legislators. So essentially, the only part that you don't have is the legislative side, basically the, the yes. decision making side of, uh, yes. of government. So not having them means that they can't. There's zero chance that they can roll back what exists, but that doesn't happen in most governments. So not having those people is uh, is very beneficial in that they can't continue to spend or create new programs. Is what you're saying?
6: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. If, if if it was up to me, I mean. Uh, barring not having a government at all, I'm happy with the situation staying like this forever. So I is, mean, the only thing better than this is going to no government at all.
2: Mm. Now we mentioned the king, um, and I don't remember his name. King King uh, Albert, King Albert, Albert. Yeah. Philippe. Is he in a can? The, um, That's the <laughs> prince. Oh, sorry. It, um, the we mentioned him. Does he? What kind of power does he have?
6: Um, he's got mostly ceremonial power. He's got technically, he's got legal power to veto any laws that. Congress comes up with. But practical, the protocol doesn't allow him to do that. And uh, there's been one case in the history of the country where the king actually vetoed the law, and it was an abortion law. Abortion became legal, and the king said on moral grounds he couldn't allow this to do this because he's a very devout Christian. Is he Catholic? Yeah, he's Catholic. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happened is the prime minister got a doctor that declared the king temporarily insane so he was temporarily incapable of ruling which means made the prime minister the ruling body and then the prime (laughs) minister signed the law the law came in effect and the king was reinstated to his normal power
1: (laughs) that's hilarious incredible
6: yeah that's the only the the only line in in the history of the country that the king didn't do what congress wanted him to do
1: Wow, fascinating! Now, local governments in uh, Belgium—what sort of things do they do compared to the federal government? Because those are still around, as I understand it.
6: Yeah, they're they're still around. Um, it's the federal—we it, have states. I'm, it's called provinces, but it's mm-hmm. it's basically like a state level. And everything that the states here do, and what what like the maintenance of the roads and schools and I stuff see. like that—that that just keeps happening. And the only thing that the, the federal government is really responsible for is getting both parts of the countries to communicate, getting the company, country to communicate with Europe, with neighboring countries, getting like overseeing laws for the states on the same level that it should be here in america but often well, isn't.
1: So it may not be the biggest step but it's a step in the right direction and ishtar i appreciate you taking the time to uh, explain a little bit more from the inside as somebody who's uh, originally from there thanks for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 free-
6: are you moving to new hampshire for the free state project maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own mark warden the porcupine realtor will help you find the perfect property do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
1: Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there for free. So enjoy those at freetalklive.com. Features including the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. You can go and edit virtually anything there. It's what a wiki's all about. W-I-K-I wiki Dot dot com Plus there's the webcam which is brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs.
2: They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manu- manufacturers including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off of list price. In stock Ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com.
1: All right. 800-259-9231. We continue taking your phone calls. Coming up, the uh, U.S. government may be shutting down, so-called. We'll explain a little bit more about why or when perhaps that might be happening. Hopefully sooner rather than later and hopefully for longer rather than shorter. Uh, But first, we go to your calls and talk to Nick in Illinois. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live with and Michelle, and Mark.
7: Hello. Back on, I think it was Saturday, you talked to someone who described voluntarism as throwing the baby out with the bathwater. One retort which that caller made, which I don't think was adequately addressed, at least not in the way I would have liked, was his claim that anything which could be done better by the private sector already is. He made the point, for example, that if the private sector really were better at providing fire protection services, there would already be a UPS of fire protection out there out competing the public fire departments. And the fact that there isn't, he claimed, is proof that only government can provide such a service adequately. What people don't understand is that there's this invisible, strangling hand of the government which throttles all private competition in any area in ways that are insidious. Because when you think about it, the fact that UPS and FedEx can compete so well with the post office in spite of the regulations and monopoly protections and the subsidies and whatnot, is kind of a miracle, which says a lot about just how inefficient the post office is. UPS and FedEx are basically paying a subsidy to the post office out of their own profits in the form of taxation, Mm -hmm. and they are regulated out of competing with the post office in certain areas like first-class mail, and all of their customers are forced to pay for the post office anyway, and yet they are still better enough than the post office that people are willing to pay extra for their services over and above what they're forced to pay anyway to the post office. So if you ask me, the only reason we don't have an equivalent to FedEx in the markets for police or fire protection is because uh, either regulations explicitly forbid it, or they make it completely unfeasible. But if they were to, but if we were to remove that invisible strangling hand of the government, the very institutions which they call claimed claim can't exist, would exist.
1: Wow! Well said, sir. <laughs> I got yeah, nothing I mean, to say. On it that seems
2: one. obvious. I didn't even know the caller was trying to say that. I guess the uh, the, the exchange was just so heated. I I missed that part, but it uh, makes perfectly good sense. I mean, obviously, most people send their kids to public school not because they're the best. Everybody knows public schools aren't the best, but because well, you know, they have to pay for them already, and they it's already e- got jacked. They it's might e- as well easier than thinking, um, you know, trying to figure it out for themselves.
1: Yeah. That's all I have to say. Thanks, Nick, for the call. Appreciate the thoughts at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. Let's continue with Ty in Tennessee on the Amp lines. Hello, Ty.
7: Wow, that was a
0: great call from Nick. Uh, I wish my my call had to come uh, beforehand so that he (laughs) could possibly answer my question. Um, I've been having some discussions on Facebook, you know, in the wake of the uh, Wisconsin deal with the union's, Mm-hmm. That uh, you know one of the they keep on coming up with these arguments that you can thank unions for the forty hour work week you know, and mm. uh basically we would all be uh pawns of corporate bosses without unions, and uh I was trying
1: to find some uh intellectual ammunition against. Those kinds of arguments. I'd like well, to say I hate that's... the uh, 40-hour work week uh, with a passion from back when I was working in, as an hourly employee um, because it prevented me from actually being able to work the amount that I wanted to work um, because the companies – you know they're forced by law to, if they are going to have you work more than forty hours, pay you a certain amount of overtime, usually time and a half, as I understand it. And in mo- most cases, they would just so rather just hire another employee uh, to work those hours, bring a part timer on, rather than let any full time people go ahead and, and take some extra hours because it costs them more to let. The Which is so
4: ridiculous go. because now they have to retrain, they have to train someone, et cetera, and you. You know, with your work ethic and everything, I imagine, um, you know, would have been able to maximize that time for the company you were working for, etc. And, you know, I'd like to say that in the past when I've had businesses and things... 40 hour work week. I mean, you yeah. know, I worked like 80 hour Nothing. work week, <laughs> yeah. you
2: know. I'd also like to, uh, you know, address, sort of address this from the other side. I think that that's a very true statement, what Ian uh, just said. But these are different animals. You're not talking about private sector unions here. The, uh, all the advances that were made by unions, and they were many, um, that. All those advances were made by private sector unions with private sector people getting together and saying, hey, we're not taking these working conditions from bosses, which were essentially passed down from slavery times anyway, you know, the, in the, from the time frame when it was OK for a master to beat a servant and for an employer to beat an employee. These things actually went on. So these private sector unions, you know, made great strides in those areas. And I'm not going to diminish that. These are public sector unions and they they could give a flying flip at a rolling donut about you because it's in fact you from which they steal these people um, the, the, their, their paychecks it come out of your pocket so they don't care about your well-being they, they of course they want you to thank them for, while they steal your wallet what thief wouldn't but that's exactly what you're dealing with when you're dealing with public sector employees demanding from their um, their ultimate employers that's you um more wages and all these other things you don't have the same luxury to demand back from them they they get to vote and they get the paycheck from the government you just get to vote so they yep. are at, they have the upper hand in this circumstance there shouldn't be any
1: public sector employee unions at all well there shouldn't be a public sector but you, I agree with that, Mark. And I'm glad you pointed that out because it is a very important distinction to make in this conversation. Uh, I just, you know, heard that 40 hour work week thing and it, it set me off because I think that's just, that's, you know, kind of the hallmark of uh, of a lazy person. Well, thank goodness we've got the government out there to make sure well, that I don't have to work too hard. It's not that they're lazy, hard. they
2: just may hate their job. Yeah. You, you understand? I mean, many of these, I, I suspect many of these people that worked at unions, I, I get the impression that many people sort of in the past did really crappy work right, that I wouldn't want to have to do. Sure, but if I had a job, where I wouldn't wanna, didn't want to be there, I'd certainly want to get full pay for as few hours as possible.
1: It's presumptuous, though. You may be right about that, Mark, uh, but it's presumptuous. It presumes that uh, the person they're talking to also hates uh, what they do and would prefer to be somewhere else and that the 40-hour work week is somehow... It presumes the 40-hour work week is valuable to the person with whom they're speaking.
2: Right, and I've had jobs that I found less and, and more fulfilling throughout the years, but I've always tried to put in as many hours as I could because I wanted the money.
1: So uh, Yeah,
7: just the thing I didn't like is the idea that nobody
0: would ever have a weekend off if it wasn't for unions. <laughs> that
8: seems to be the argument. You know, nobody would ever, you'd be working seven days a week.
1: Yeah, I think they know, give them way too much credit. Right, I, I think they gave give them way too much credit. I think there's something to be said for people getting together and collectively bargaining. I, I don't think there's any problem with that. As we pointed out uh, before on the show, that the problem comes in when government... <laughs> Uh, forces bargaining with unions and and has certain right. rules that it forces upon business owners regarding dealing with unions. That's when that's when unions really cross the line. But to say that those things wouldn't have come about without the go- well, without uh, the unions is uh, is pretty absurd because businesses compete for employees and so therefore that's, all they-
2: that's true. But at the time, big business colluded. Big business was the government in many of these uh, sort of business towns where you know they were the, mm-hmm. the only employer in town. They they colluded. They were the wealthy. and and they, um, you know, they ruled. So yeah, I understand why people got together and, and they made great strides forward. And you wouldn't have seen these strides have been made as quickly if people didn't get together and collectively bargain and demand those things. They would have happened over time. But there's I have no problem, no problem whatsoever with people getting together and saying no more of this crap. It's wrong. It's not just it's when they force someone else to participate in their little club in some way, shape or form that it goes off the rails. If I work at a business, I shouldn't have to enjoy, join the union even if I if if you know, if I don't want to.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks for the call, Ty. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Is it a union when two employees get together and uh, kind of make a deal with the boss? It is. All right. So, you, so it doesn't have to have all that big structure or anything like that either uh, to be effective. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product
2: or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from Maine to Hawaii. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation, thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com.
1: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want by dialing in toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And you can join us again, freetalklive.com. You'll find a lot of features there. But if you like the show and you want to help voluntarily support us, considering we give you the features on the website for free... Uh, then you can do that by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll get a whole list of things that you can do there to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. Uh, go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find everything from instructions, how to contact your local radio station, to uh, banners uh, for your website, to graphics. You can make your own banners, make your own shirts if you want to. Uh, all kinds of different things, even free bumper stickers at promote.freetalklive. Dot com. As we continue here for your dose of crazy, it's SunFest, calling from California. SunFest, everyone needs a good dose of crazy now and then, Mark. SunFest is here to give it to you. SunFest, what's on your mind tonight?
5: Well, we need to, to celebrate. Let's go back to our Sun Life Source, Sun Nature Worship, and lay out in the psalm. Join
4: a sun club. Vitamin D is so
5: good for you. Well, everything in moderation,
1: Sunfest. I mean, laying out in the sun may not be the most healthy of activities uh, if you do it too much.
5: Well, that's what the AMA tells you, but they're the biggest killers of all.
1: I don't know but- if I need the AMA to tell me. Uh, if I lay out in the sun for long enough, I think that will tell me on, a, on my own that uh, it's really a bad idea to take okay, in too but, much of it.
5: But, you know, in you terms of evolution, we exchange energy with the sun. Our cells are designed to, uh, to store cellar, uh, uh, sun, sunlight.
1: I'm and not explore. against the sun. I like, you know, the So are I, you saying healthy. I
5: am like
4: solar energy, so like the sun, I soak it up, and then when I go out
5: and people say, oh, Michelle, you have such a sunny disposition, is that what they're saying? Well, yeah, everything follows the sun. The plants open to the sun, they close at sunset. Everything in nature follows the sun because it's our source of life. It's everything. It's not a million it miles a away. It is worthy it's Everything I we mean, see, smell, hear, and touch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, well, the conspiracy is that they make a salute to flag instead of the sum, but... Hey, I do send salutations. No, no, no.
4: no. I I do yoga, and I do send salutations. Exactly.
5: Yeah. We need to go beyond government, beyond economy, and their struggle to survive, which, according to Freud, is really escaping death and the funeral, and... Hmm, uh, I'm afraid I'm a little lost on that one. ...into economic survival. And, you know, um, you had
1: me with the whole sun worship thing. I mean, I'm not going to worship the sun, but I think that as far as The worship... sun
5: will dry the water, the ice, the oil, the chemicals, the hothouse, and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the, the rising water. It'll save the solar system and our immortal atom, which is what uh, those few are after. Uh, they have to remember that in destroying Earth and the... Rays of the sun and the sun—they're uh, destroying the solar system that's connected to wait it. Wait a minute, hold support. on. Who's destroying,
1: destroying the, the sun rays? Wait a minute. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> destroying the oh, rays uh, of the sun?
5: Well, you know, this has been—you know—like Alex Jones has been saying. This is no conspiracy theory. Very been, uh, they've been writing about deflecting the sun for years and years. It's been in Newsweek and Time. This is part of environmental You're talking about—you're
1: talking about like weather modification. Uh, the exactly. idea—messing
5: of... with the climate—is destroying. Our, our solar system and so we're I connected i don't know if
2: that's true
5: How
1: though, could I...
2: messing with the climate destroy the solar system uh, because messing... aren't you exaggerating a
1: bit there no
5: no we're not amoebas industry uh, you know they're colonizing there space too we may be amoebas but industry with its uh, uh war scale uh they're blowing up uh, uh, stars uh, um, I don't know.
1: If that's, that's true. <laughs> true. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Sunfest, it's true. I think true that
5: anything that is worth me, worshipping, say, Sunfest. You, anything that is worth worshipping
1: is worshiping part of now,
5: struggle to survive economy. Everything wait, wait, you wait! You're going, going too far and crazy. Please, we,
1: need we need do to do just slow word down. Word, Go ahead, word, Michelle.
4: Anything that is worth worshipping cannot possibly be destroyed, in my estimation.
5: Well, the industries, you know, they're endangering and destroying species. It can't be. It can certainly wane. And the sun and the solar system well, are waning. The electromagnetic field is slowing no, down. Man, man, look, we had a galactic
1: fest. collapse. This is, is
5: the environmental... Can we just sl- um, sh-
1: slow down for just a moment? You just, you spit out way too much. People can't follow you. Okay. We've got to slow down. We've got to talk about one thing. And I, okay. just, I think that you use very exaggerated language, uh, maybe hyperbole. Uh, you, you said that they are destroying stars. Who is they and how are they destroying mm-hmm. stars?
5: The economy is blowing, star, uh, blowing up stars to boost the economy because everything what? is about the job tax. The economy and, and, is and the reasons may be to stars. study the granite. But the thing is that nature slash See, war is what, what the whole economy the is about. You now. know. And what's government? No, government I don't government know. is the Queen of England. Government you know, it is, is evil. The, okay, well,
9: well, well.
4: Economy. Last time you were really upset because feminism had taken a hit, and now you're claiming that the most powerful entity, but human, is the Queen of England, which would support your idea. No, I'm
5: saying that it's not powerful. I'm saying that government supports the economy, that it's only the Queen of England, it's the economy with its job hunt, with its. <laughs> with its war on everything it creates emptiness so empathy. i just want to
1: understand how <laughs> you're never how going to i'm trying That's what Mark. i don't I'm understand trying.
5: about you guys is that everyone else understands that it's about you
1: i don't it's think so. jobs. It's maybe, maybe they are pandering when to you. somebody gets
5: thrown in jail who's it that for jobs? understands
1: you sunfest can we bring that person on who is it that understands you? If everyone else besides Free Talk Live understands you, because I can tell you, I don't know if anyone in our audience who understands you as well. There's a guy that called Saturday night to kind of poke fun at you, and I think he he had a good time doing it. But I don't think he really understands you. So uh, well, who understands uh, you? Know. Who can you What's reference us to? What's
5: easy to, to understand? I th- you know, maybe no, you guys not. are, you know, it's like this uh, guru, uh uh, uh, who was pouring tea for the politician. Well, I he think would be a And he kept pouring the tea, and the politician says, stop pouring it. He says, well, uh, it's like your mind. You're, you're, overflow- too- you're too overflowing with information to understand simplicity. Uh, what is an economy? Economies and government are there to create work.
1: Please explain how the economy is destroying stars. And
4: how does the government create work?
1: Jobs. Well, it does, doesn't it? No, it does not. No. It, the economy uh, creates
5: work. Uh, okay, call it Parkinson's law. A Parkinson's law is to boost the economy. Now, I don't want to go seeing... and talk
1: about this. We've talked about the economy before with you. You made the claim that the economy is destroying stars, and I would like you to explain that, please.
5: It's a job. It's a job. It's the same it's as when they go when they that go not to a uh, say, when they're colonizing space or they have a space. No one's space. doing that yet.
1: No It's a job. What they're year are you living up... in? What? <laughs> what year is it?
5: I heard about it way back. I heard no, what about year it, is it right you know, now? I, I I heard about it in the night. You know, like Alex Jones what month, says, what the information what is year. out there. Please you give know, me today's date. There. The solar calendar? The
1: I just want to make sure. Crazy, Sunfest, not me. I just I'm want to make sure you're not calling it. from the future. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, what? I'm
5: only. Re- Look, you already know what the economy is no, doing. No, 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 because no. no, you're no I'm not asking you're the economy.
1: <laughs> so I'm you asking you you
5: understand yourself. You understand me. You need me. to stop you're shouting. What the you doing. need to
1: just calm down. I want to okay. know. I want to make sure. If, if we're going Who's to communicate, Baha? and it's and it's very difficult to communicate with you, but I'm trying my best. If we're going to communicate, we need to be on the same page. And one of those, uh, at least uh, near the same page, one of those facts that we can uh, figure out, uh, we can identify to whether or not we're on the same page is whether we think it's the same day and same Year. So, what is the this date month today? Just month and year.
5: Oh my God! What you're, is you're, today's you're date? You must be kidding. What
1: is... Can you just answer the question? I'm just curious to know. Yeah, you know but
5: you it sound is. like the government. That's what your is, problem. You
1: know, when you when you I'm when not you, forcing you to do anything. Uh, I'm asking you a question. To, to, How hard is it to answer this wait, question? I'll answer it in a minute. But when you subscribe we to the We don't have a health, minute. ...which is
5: the ultimate government mind control, and it treats people like uh, prisoners of war, because anyone who is nonconformist Uh, is, uh, you know, is uh, a threat to the uh, system. They're the high—mental health is the high priest.
1: Madam, Uh, I— I'm all in favor control. of mental okay. health, and, when you talk and about I do not favor the government.
5: Theory, you know, you sound like the government. Madam, I do not fighting. force people
1: to do anything, so therefore I don't sound like the government because I'm not threatening you with violence in order to get you to answer this question. What I am going to say is that we're running short on time, and so your time is very limited. I yeah, would just I like can, to know I, if you know I what called, day it is.
5: I called as a free speech eco-feminist. Right. Okay. What eco-feminist. day is it?
1: What okay. day and year? What month? Where? What time February
5: is it? February 21st. Eleven, come okay, on, you are coming What one, am okay? I saying that's so I'm, hard to understand
2: I'm, I'm glad you know what well? it is. I just want to know the name of the name of one of the stars in New
5: Hampshire is too insulated, and you guys never hear the news, but like Alex <laughs> Jones says. He, he is, you know, people are. Alex also Jones is a talk show host, not him, a newsman. The information is out there. Thank it's you, Thomas Sunfest. Thank you
1: I- so much for the call. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800 259 9231. I want to post one of her incoherent sentences as a Facebook update, uh, status update. I feel idea.
4: welcomed home now.
1: <laughs> you can bring up anything. Well, you just write back from a trip from New Jersey. Uh, that's what you mean by that. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. I just wanted to make sure she wasn't calling from the future. She was talking about colonizing (laughs) other planets and, like, things that aren't happening yet. Uh, Destroying stars. they are happening. Mankind's nowhere close to being able to destroy a star. You can throw as many nukes as you want at the sun. It's not going to do anything. We're coming up. Free Talk Live.
3: You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal but something seems to be missing stickers from libertystickers.com exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers that's libertystickers.com but wait <laughs>
1: is free talk live you can take control of the airwaves dial in toll free bring up whatever's on your mind at 1-800-259-9231 that's the saco cai toll free line 800-259-9231 joining you tonight it's ian michelle and mark and you can join us uh, again on our website freetalklive.com uh, there's much to discuss and international news is part of it here we started out talking about belgium And how they've shut down their government, or at least the federal government, is no no longer meeting. Uh, They haven't been doing so for 250 days, the legislative side of things. And there's a lot of other news uh, coming from around the world. Mark, you mentioned there's some bombs being dropped on protesters in Libya. But, of course, Libya isn't the only place where uh, protests have been going on. We haven't been covering them in too great of detail. There's just so much to talk about. Uh, but uh, China has uh, protests happening, and yeah, they you know some people that something to do with the Jasmine Revolution, and
2: uh, they don't want to see anything happen in China, so they've they've locked some people up uh, in they, the very initial
1: stages. They rounded up 100 activists, uh, according to the Daily Mail. This news from yesterday, where Chinese authorities moved quickly and with force to quash a pro-democracy Jasmine Revolution. Believed to have been inspired by the recent uprisings in the Middle East and North Africa, more police than usual were scrambled to uh, to line the streets today. And there were a number of activists detained after online sites had organized staged protests in Beijing, Shanghai, and 11 other major cities. Citizens were urged to shout, we want food, we want work, we want housing, we want fairness, a slogan that highlights common complaints among ordinary Chinese Many activists said they didn't know who was behind the campaign and weren't sure of what to make of the call to protest, which was first posted on US based Chinese language website Boxen.com. China's authoritarian government has appeared unnerved by recent protests in Egypt, Tunisia, Bahrain, Yemen, Algeria, and Libya. And it has limited media reports about them, stressing the instability caused by protests in Egypt and restricted Internet searches to keep people uninformed. It's my understanding they're also cracking down on uh, – somehow they're cracking down on the Jasmine Revolution Internet search as well uh, to prevent people from – in, in an attempt to prevent people from uh, learning more about that. Now, of course, as usual with these international protests – uh, you know, there's there's some things that are positive about them, and some uh, questionable from a liberty perspective, right? I mean, it, obviously, nobody supports uh, nobody on this show supports authoritarianism, but on the other hand, we're not big fans of democracy either. Um, I guess democracy is probably a step in the right direction, uh, but it's it's hard to get too excited about it. Yeah, right. Um you know I mean democracy being
2: two wolves and a sheep deciding on what's for dinner um yeah it's hard for me to get excited about
1: and and the slogan uh, we want uh, food we want work we want housing we want fairness it's not really. We want independence. We want uh, liberty. Yeah. Uh, now they would freedom. get
2: <laughs> if the government weren't involved. They would have you know food, clothing, housing. Sure, various, they would and all these things. They'd be much easier to come by because the marketplace would attempt
1: to to you know provide those things. Uh, in Beijing and Shanghai, hundreds of people gathered today, but were dispersed by police in both places uh, because numbers make a difference. And uh, some of these other protests, they uh, they're managing to get much greater numbers. Uh, than they than they are over in China. And one of those is, I guess, happening in Libya or maybe not. How many people are coming out in Libya now that they're they're using bombs against their subjects? Well, it, it, I still saw them running around on television um, here from
2: the daily beast dot com in a bizarre appearance on state TV that lasted less than one minute. Libya leader Muammar Gaddafi denied rumors that he had fled the nation's capital for Venezuela and people keep on you know these these rumors really are percolating so Mm. maybe he did maybe he didn't I don't know meanwhile the protests against his regime appear to be reaching a tipping point as demonstrators poured into the capital Tripoli after days of violent clashes in the east what we are today is unimaginable warplanes and Helicopters are indiscriminately bombing one area
1: after another.
2: They're carpet bombing wow. their own cities. It's I mean,
1: crazy. It, it is. It's absolutely nuts. And I am being told there are tens of thousands of people protesting there. So a lot, lot, lot larger.
2: They, they have these, uh, these helicopters out that are just wiping people out. If you move, if you drive a car, if you're on the street, they're mm. going to shoot you. You know, and I mean, it's a, a regime can't survive long. With that level of violence against itself and its own citizens. You know,
4: one thing that's interesting about Libya, as well as the other countries that have been um, where the people have been protesting is uh something that they share with the United States and that is that they've all been under martial law for like 10 20 years or something. The United so, States has
2: been under martial law? Oh,
4: we're we're yes, uh since the Patriot Act essentially, we're basically yes, it's it's the same as martial law. Yeah, so I'd say it there's just some parallels. Right. It um so in any event, you know, that idea that the frog, you know, is being cooked slowly. One could have argued the same thing about some of those countries as well, and there, there really did re- uh, reach a, you know, point of. Critical mass, or whatever, yeah, when, well, when that, enough was enough, and
2: that one guy in Tunisia said he'd had enough. He set himself on fire. and started mm-hmm. the Tunisian revolution. The Egyptian revolution sort of came, um, you know, to to fruition after that. Now the rest of these countries are seeing that those things worked for those mm-hmm. people. And I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, see liber- liberty paradises in the next, uh, you know, six months or anything like that. But they're they're liable at the very least. They've shown they can take down their dictator. I don't know what else is going to occur. After that, but it's something. And even the U.S. officials are saying that this is unacceptable level of violence against its uh, citizens.
1: Right. Uh, Well, I mean, the U.S. is always quick to uh, criticize other countries for doing things (laughs) that are clearly wrong, but never uh, pulls the boat from its own eye, the U.S. Mm -hmm. government, that is, uh, to personify it. 800 uh, 259 is the number. So I think it's important to, to talk about these issues, to point out things that are really relevant, especially to the ideas of advancing liberty, and to talk about what the folks that are protesting are getting right, uh, because they are getting some things right. And one of the things they're, they're getting right is using the internet to organize these protests uh that's one of the was one of the hallmarks of what was going on in egypt and presumably similar things are going on in these uh these other places where they're using tools like social networking facebook uh, of course email and and other ways to to meet up in the digital world that way you don't have to take the same kind of risks you know to go meet at a coffee shop somewhere uh, surreptitiously uh it, it, it completely changes the way these things can run uh, it's not 1940s Germany anymore when the White Rose Society had to pass out uh, pamphlets risking imminent, de- uh, imminent death from, uh, from doing this. Mm-hmm. Now you can disseminate information in a much more anonymous uh, fashion and um, in a much more efficient uh, and effective fashion. And, that, and that's changing the way these things are happening. It's making them possible in a way that uh, heretofore they've been impossible. And I think that's pretty cool.
4: You mentioned, um, you know, Facebook and, and the change of things. I thought it was really funny that the same day that, uh, you know, Facebook really exploded with Facebook marches with Egypt and the different, you know, event pages and everything, uh, Hillary Clinton was being interviewed or, you know, some, not a State of the Union, but whatever her little talk was. And she was talking about the importance of free speech. <laughs> and the same day here in this country, they were voting to um maintain the ordinances of the, of the patriot
2: act <laughs> you know? well wasn't this the same mm. speech that the guy stood the veteran stood yes. up and, and he was uh, you know like speaking out against whatever she was saying and then they drug him off he's and a former
4: cia um not agent but um a, upper official within the cia oh. and he he's 71 years old i believe and had come out and said that there's you know no free speech and that this country is just completely gone yep. to the dogs
1: Absolutely right. Your thoughts are certainly welcome at 800-259-9231. Was she, there didn't, one... she didn't miss a beat on that, though. She just kept right on going. You She's know, a talking, professional.
2: The little talking <laughs> points and everything, and, you know, feeding the pablum to the American terror and the American's terrible baby. And, uh, you know, off they went.
1: Was there, Mark, more to say about what's going on in Libya? I mean, besides the fact that they're bombing people, I, that you know, in the I wish streets? I wish
2: I could somehow flesh this out. But it's 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 it's, it's just amazing to me, um,
1: you know, that but that's that's the story. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Now, some of the news from over here, as we mentioned last hour, didn't really get into the details. Uh, Reuters reporting that uh, senior U.S. Senate Democrats slammed Republicans on Sunday for a reckless threat to shut down the government. Amid deepening political posturing on both sides over federal spending and the budget deficit, the House of Representatives voted on Saturday to cut federal spending by $61 billion through September but the, Repub- nothing. Yeah, it's a change. Uh, but the Republican measure will likely die because Democrats who control the Senate oppose it and President Barack Obama vowed to veto it. Uh, we'll tell you more about the purported shutdown, what may occur here shortly. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. We need to have like a government shutdown party. That's a good excuse to, uh, to throw a party. You can take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything that's on your mind. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there uh, completely free. freetalklive.com, archives uh, included, by the way, going all the way back to late 2006. You go, click, and download. They're yours. You don't have to log into anything. You don't have to jump through hoops. It's just free. The way a good talk show sites should be. So go and check it out at uh, Freetalklive.com and enjoy all those archives. And also know that the Free Talk Live archives are brought to you by HostGator. Hostgator
2: is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own dot com domain name. Dot anything for that matter. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They've got more than forty five hundred templates, whether you want a personal blog for a complete e commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. You'll get 24 7 technical support, 45 day money back guarantee, a 99.9% uptime guarantee, and your first month completely free at hostgator.freetalklive.com.
1: So there is apparently something of some sort of an impasse that uh, may be reached in Washington, D.C. between the political sides. We were talking about how Belgium earlier has also reached a similar impasse last year, and they've had a federal government shutdown, so-called, for uh, over 250 days. Maybe the same thing will be true of the U.S. government. I don't think we've ever gone that long in this country. I think Belgium set the rec- the world record. Uh, but nonetheless, it is being threatened, and I hope that uh, that they follow through on their threats. Actually,
4: uh, this country, the United States, went from 1776 basically until 1789.
2: Well, you know, George
4: if, Washington became president in 1789. There were 16 yep. president, 13 presidents, I think, prior to him. Presidents and, of
2: the Senate
1: or something, ra- yeah.
4: Exactly, and you know, because there was the Articles of Confederation, mm-hmm. but there was no unified document. The the constitution hadn't been ratified yet so actually the united right people don't think about that we celebrate it count though if you haven't
1: had if there was no government prior to that
2: well there was a government it just wasn't much of one and it was operating at the level it was supposed to operate at
1: you mean like the king's government no No,
4: there was the articles of confederation which had been um under the second continental congress Mm -hmm. and the reason why um the, the uh more strict, you know, um, Constitution was introduced was because uh, for the purpose of taxation.
1: But the articles of I, I guess, you know, I'm not a historian, so I, mm-hmm. I don't know this. Maybe you can in, you know, enlighten me here. The articles of Confederation did not go away once they created the Constitution. Yeah, they were replaced.
4: It was replaced. So, but but the, why was
1: there no government then? If they, you're saying they signed the Constitution and there was no government for several years? I think you was years? saying
2: comparatively. I mean, um, you know, there was, there was less government going on under the Articles of Confederation than there currently is going under. Uh, so there Belgium. was a government then. Okay. there, there, wasn't there, no a, there
4: government. was a, There really wasn't a federal government. No, not until the Constitution was ratified.
1: So the Articles of Confederation, that's not a government? That's just... What is that? That was,
4: All the guys that, you know, met in, in um, Philadelphia who... That sounds right. Yeah, <clears throat> they weren't me.
1: making any decisions for the others uh, for the states it uh, was a federal government such as it
2: was but it wasn't much of one it was mm.
4: United States with a small u mm-hmm. capital s and then once the con- the constitution was ratified it became capital u capital s that's really when it became a federal like a country
1: mm. you know those capital letters are important now you're going to get those people calling in 800-259-9231 <laughs> the SACL cai toll free line you can bring up anything here all right so what's going on now well, they uh, voted on – uh, the House of Representatives voted on Saturday to cut federal spending by $61 billion through September. Now, before you start, uh, you Republicans out there uh, start celebrating, it's a, uh, yeah, Republicans Tea Party, yeah, cutting it back, <laughs> uh, before you get too excited, have to ask yourself, did they cut taxes? No, they cut spending. So they haven't actually cut anything that's going to be significant well, in your life. They they do have to they, – they have to cut – at
2: this point, I, I believe they're, you're talking about they're printing 43 cents on the dollar that they're spending. So they have to do both um, – if you were looking for fiscal responsibility in your government and I don't expect you're going to find it in the Republicans, but if you're looking for that, the first thing they need to do is cut back spending. They need to cut back spending to the level of you know, ten, a hundred times what they're doing here. Um, yeah
1: but really, you can't really call this a cut right i mean it's it's it's, it's not sliver. cutting anything as far as it's going to affect you you're still going to be paying more likely well i I think you'll if you make more money you'll be
2: paying more many people are out of work so they're not Actu- going to be paying much of anything
4: actually you know I think that it's really the responsibility of the boss to to determine the whether or not anything needs to be cut or whether something ought to be spent and if if you ascribe to the Constitution, then the American people are the boss and i think it's time that we stop
1: paying. you mean the boss of yourself
4: well i'm the boss of of the united states government no Game. that's not true come <laughs> on <laughs> right
1: but that's just a fantasy so
4: until people stop paying them i just i mean I'm just, i know it's a broken record Absolutely. i'm going to keep going over and over I'm again i'm on
1: board with you michelle yeah so, uh, But, of course, it hasn't actually gone through. This is just what the House of Representatives passed. Uh, so it's up to Pine. to pie in the sky at this point to even cut $61 billion in spending uh, because they are expecting it to be shut down in the Senate. And uh, Barack Obama has promised to veto it. Now, he has outlined his own plan for less severe spending cuts in 2012 and has warned that tightening the belt too much too soon could harm the slow economic recovery. Remember, we're talking about a government with a, what is it, $3 trillion budget, I believe? $3 trillion compared to $61 billion. You yeah. do the math. That's a fraction. A small, small fraction. fraction of a percent. Yeah. Uh, Democratic Senator Charles Schumer criticized House Speaker John Boner and uh, Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell over talk some Republicans, among some Republicans, that they would rather shut down the government than relent on their spending cut demands. And uh, I hope that they do With the government funded only through March 4th. The government could run out of money if lawmakers fail to act. But both sides have been urging compromise, which is unfortunately what happens here all too often. If it were only more like Belgium, where people these people would just dig into their trenches and uh, you know have to shut it down. This was seen as the likeliest outcome, even by one of the House's new breed of small government deficit slashing freshman Republicans. Yeah, right. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, so anyway, they go on to blather about how awful each side is, and I guess we'll find out what uh, what ends up playing out because the federal government has shut down before. There have been, you know, there has been talk about this in the past, and and as usual, life goes on. And I I th- I always think it's interesting when governments shut down, whether it's the state governments. Some of those may end up doing that soon too uh, over their budget problems. Or the federal government, because there's always so much to do made about it. Every newspaper, every television station is covering this this government shutdown as though it's a big deal. And of course, the government people are constantly pushing how wow oh, this is going to threaten the uh, you know the important services like the police. We we can't just have the government shutting down. Of course, uh, the government does shut down, and people go about their lives. And I, I I think that makes a difference. It must make a difference for some people to. Hear all this news about the government going away, and then have it go so-called go away or shut down, and look around and see that things aren't really any different. I think that makes an impression on people.
2: I, I think it was during the Clinton administration that they claimed that the government shut down. That's and right. You know, I, I don't think believe so. That crap. But um, I, at that time, just being just sort of your average Republican guy, um, it's really hilarious being a convict in prison watching uh, color TV on rabbit ears, <laughs> ch- cheering for the Republicans. But um, in fact, that's what what it was going on, and I'm just like yeah shut that government down you know because i was just happy as i could be about the idea of that government shutting down
1: all right so 800 259 is the number uh, coming up here your chance to win a two-pack of the toto sack stay tuned for that uh, we'll also of course let you take control of the airwaves you can dial in toll free and bring up anything you want 800 259 coming up good news about ecstasy you can take control this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live, dialing toll-free and take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything you want, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site. there, totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including news updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can follow that information via your email box, or maybe you prefer Twitter and Facebook. We can do it that way, too, or all of the above. Take as many as you like for free over at news.freetalklive.com and be kept in the loop. That's news.freetalklive.com. Are you on any medications? Are you getting your meds at a local pharmacy?
2: If you are, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount Prescription Services will get you your meds. At discount's as high as 70% off, and they'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com, click Become a Member on the left-hand side of the page. Their customer service is excellent. They'll walk you through every step of the way, and you'll save big
1: time. It's meds.freetalklive.com. All right, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, the sacl CAI toll free line. Uh, apparently, uh, there's uh, some breaking news to some extent out of uh, Libya. Well, I don't know how breaking it is. It came came out earlier this morning, unless this is Libyan time, which I'm looking at, which it may be. Uh, but apparently, the pilots of two Libyan military jets that landed oh, in this one, okay, <laughs> Malta on yes, this was earlier this morning, Monday, are senior colonels who are ordered to bomb protesters. Colonels say they refused to bomb protesters demonstrating against Libyan leader Muammar Gaddafi and instead defected to Malta, according to Al Jazeera. Were-
2: Soldiers, police officers who are listening, see how easy it is to just decide you're not going to follow an unconstitutional and or just hop in a jet and moral? then take
1: off. Yeah, well, I guess you have to have the jet, right? <laughs> but yeah, you could just say no. You could just say no. In fact, we were talking with somebody recently about the, uh, what, the Oath Keepers is what it is. Yes. And uh, you familiar with that?
4: Absolutely. What is it? the um it's a retired uh veteran military people um you're not really supposed to be in it from what I understand if you're currently in the military oh I don't think that's so oh that was okay well, that was what they, i had, they said they were keeping
2: been. their oath but go go ahead,
4: yeah, okay, so they have taken a secondary um oath to keep the Constitution, and there are basically ten tenets there uh including not taking away arms from um, the public not you not um uh, obeying martial law to arrest you know peaceful protesters and things like that so oath keepers is you know policemen as well as um military involved people who
1: It's not a re- it's not really about rolling back the government from what i can tell it's just more about keeping it from getting any worse would you say that's accurate or would you say the oath keepers are actively out there trying to to change the government in a more positive less lesser government kind of way
4: it would seem to me from what I understand that the Oath Keepers and the people, I only have spoken to men, I don't know if there are any women Oath Keepers, I assume there are, but um, that they are all involved independently from Oath Keepers with trying to roll back government, mm-hmm. but that it is a um, a uh, commitment to, uh, to basically do what they're supposed to do, yeah, which well, is serve and protect. Sushi. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it reminds me of uh, something that we were doing last week, uh, and you, I don't think you were there for this, uh, Michelle. You might have been down in New Jersey at the time, but uh, Damo and Pete from LibertyOnTour.com had a court date and as you know, if you've been listening to the show for a little while, uh, both the demo and Pete have been charged with so-called wiretapping because they were in a jail down in Massachusetts to, to bail out somebody that they were, you know, there to take care of that. Uh, and they, of course, they're activists. They bring video cameras with them, and they were recording in this supposedly public area of this public facility. And they were told that they couldn't record. Then they were told they could record. Then they were told that they couldn't, and they ended up getting arrested. And it's just been this whole mess. And so that's kind of that case has been progressing. A long and as it has activists have backed up a demo and pete from new hampshire they've come down with them from new hampshire to greenfield massachusetts which is the hometown by the way of Pendulette. um and they you know we've been to michelle you did come out to one of the court appearances yes there were about 20 maybe 20 of us that were there a bunch of us had these no victim no crime liberty on com t-shirts on which was great i Uh, spoke
4: to some of the officers about oath keepers at that um at that
1: at uh, the courthouse yeah well, that's what I wanted to bring up here oh. because there was a, a lady officer, a security officer mm-hmm. at the courthouse, who uh, she she came up to me and she kind of whispered to me because I was like trying to get my camera through security because I was going to record what happened with the demo of Pete, and they were kind of holding on to the camera, and you know, I was making a bit of a fuss about it, you know, being the First Amendment freedom of the press and all that, and I pointed out that uh, I'm. You know, I may be recording you anyway because I had my little uh, (laughs) hanger on. I had my uh, little name tag thing that says I am audio recording on. And so I tried to make the point that it doesn't matter if you have uh, confiscated my camera. I may have more cameras on me and these other people may have cameras as well. So Mm -hmm. what's the point of this? And in point of fact, I did. I had a hidden camera on me that was rolling the entire time that uh, (laughs) I was going through security.
4: But this woman, you were saying, this
1: woman walks up to me and she goes, I don't like rules either. Mm. (laughs) And she's one of the enforcers. She she actually, uh, if it's the same
4: woman that I'm thinking of, she had said that she was a libertarian.
1: The the Latina? Oh no. No, this, no, this is, a is a Latina uh, huh? a uh, lady uh, like security officer in the court. The lady you're talking about was a like a lawyer yes. uh, that you're referencing. She claimed she was an anarchist that lady. Oh wow. And uh, but anyway, so this lady walks up. "Hi. I don't like rules either." And then she can't, comes over later on and she uh, when we were kind of wrapping things up, she co- talks to a group of us and she this is like what we did. This is like what I did back in the 60s. Uh-huh. And she was very excited. Like she was very into yeah. uh, what was going on and she mm-hmm. grabs one of the don't take a plea bargain flyers mm-hmm. out of my hand. And, right and uh, yeah, it was great. It was well, great. I, and oh, again, yeah, someone gave her the uh, Oath Keepers card too at yeah, that moment.
4: I use the Oath Keepers as kind of a lead-in when I'm talking to the police or whatever. Is and and what I essentially say is, this is a step if you would like to take this toward um, dialogue, peaceful dialogue with you know anarchists and voluntarists. And and if you go to the site, it's there are ten. Um, Ten commitments that they have that uh, that say, uh, we will not obey orders to disarm the American people. We will not obey orders to conduct warrantless searches of the American people. We will not obey orders to detain American citizens as unlawful enemy combatants or to subject them to military tribunal. They will not impose martial law or a state of emergency on a state, uh, invade or subjugate any state that asserts its sovereignty Uh, They will not order a blockade of American cities, uh, cities, thus turning them into giant concentration camps. They will not obey any orders to force American citizens into any form of detention camps under any pretext or assist or support the use of any foreign troops on U.S. soil against the American people to keep the peace or to maintain control. They will not obey any orders to confiscate the property of the American people, including food and other essential supplies. And they will not obey any orders. Well, wait a minute.
1: Now— that sounds like the, like a way out of the war on drugs, but I bet a lot of these oath keepers uh, are still people that are enforcing the war on drugs. Well, the
2: intention here is to uh, at the very is to take a step to outline you know cons- the, the Constitution in a uh, more clear fashion for people. They've already, oh, I like it. I support it. All of them it. have already raised a hand and said I support the Constitution. Mm-hmm. All these things are is just outlining that that oath in a little more clear fashion
4: and that they've read it and that they know it because you know so many i actually had an officer in peterborough tell me that how he trains his rookies to learn what the new hampshire constitution is is by having him having them watch the ridley report
1: (laughs) that's dot com. that's great (laughs) um so yeah oathkeepers.org Dot net. Dot net. Oathkeepers.net. So share that with all of your police buddies or relatives military be, as well. and military. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's very important. Uh, and it's I think you're right. It's a good opener. It's yeah. a good uh, wedge to get a discussion started about, you know, what did you really get into this for? Did you get into right. this to arrest kids for having a plant in their pocket or did right. you get into this for uh, real reasons of stopping bad guys? No, it's, it's, it beats real work. I like the hours and the pay. And I get to retire in 20 years. I don't know if most of them would answer it that way, I don't know. Mark. I mean, from my conversations with police, I, think I, more I and believe more, them when they say I, they got into it for the, for the right reasons to stop the bad guys. I feel like more and more guys are getting in. People are getting in for that reason. Maybe true. But there are also other great bureaucrat jobs that they can take that aren't quite as risky, uh, you know, that they could sit around in an office. And they, get don't, they, they don't well retire here. in 20 years on them. I thought 20 years was standard for yeah, bureaucrats. No. no? No. What is? 30 Huh. 1-800-259-9231. See,
2: in a dangerous position. They, I see. They need to be young in order to do their job or whatever. Whatever the, the reason is, is that they, they do this.
1: So Us. That's where you can go to get your hands on these Todasacs, and uh, they I highly recommend you, you do so. We've all got some. Uh, yes. I use them every time I bring the groceries back in from the car, and that's what uh, they're designed to do, is make it easy. Uh, these things can carry more than you can. Us. Call in now at 603-435-1105 to win a two-pack. That's 835-1105. more coming up this is free talk live Take control of the airwaves, bring up anything, dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. So, uh, yeah, we were a little distracted there during the break, and I apologize about that. 1-800-259-9231. There's lots to talk about here tonight. You can take control. Let's go to the phones, talk to Andrew in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andrew.
10: Roy, I'm the CFO of COLD. Uh, You know, getting burned by government, stay cool with COLD. It's the Coalition of Learning Disabled. And our whole issue for 15 years is that uh, we discovered with our dyslexia that the state owns Discovery. And if they own Discovery, let's face it, they own everything.
1: They own Discovery. What does that mean?
10: Discovery is where uh, if you put evidence into a courtroom, they decide what goes or not. And you can go in for a handmail and go and be in prison in the afternoon. And I use a tape recorder for my private notes. And what it does is tears down the corporate veil and exposes them for operating under Title 18, Sections 241 and 242 of the Constitution, if it was part of your life.
1: I don't think I'm quite following what you're saying. Can you rephrase that? What happens
10: is uh, if the state owns Discovery and they use a machine that's 140 years old where it's a shorthand machine where it goes from encryption to transcription, that's their player on their team.
4: Sugar, you gotta, you got to start over for those of us like me who have no idea. Of course, I know what discovery is in okay. a courtroom <laughs> setting, but if you when you first introduced yourself, you said something, and I oh. missed that, and so it kind of got me.
10: Okay, excuse confused. me. I'll slow down. Thank I, you. Okay. We're this, I'm the CFO of COLD, the Coalition of Learning Disabled, and okay. what we're attempting to do is have equal access for all to the judicial branch of government for people who use tape recorders for their private notes. But Mm. the inherent problem is if the state owns Discovery, it shows and proves that they don't represent the people because my private notes will differ from what their court of record allegedly is.
1: Now, you're saying that the tape recorder will be used to record things during the trial or play back there things? are just to the-
10: my private notes, and what we're attempting to introduce for the country is what's called the Judicial Transparency Act to get rid of the court stenographer, put in a DVD recorder, and I can be the host of America's Most Funniest Courtrooms on Friday night and return the court record to the people because, let's face it, if you don't have the stone in Stone Soup, it's not stone soup.
1: Okay. So let me see if I'm following what you're saying here. The Coalition of Learning Disabled, you are involved with this organization. Is there a website for them?
10: Uh, we put our case in No, work Like I say, I'm disabled. I have dyslexia. My girlfriend does the best we can. Uh, so how many people members.
1: Are, uh, are members of the Coalition of Learning Disabled?
10: Uh, we filed a class action to the district court out here in San Francisco and in the Eastern District in Fresno. And uh, so far... Uh, no individuals can dispute the uh, Title Five and Title Three. I'm sorry. I was
1: just curious as to how many people are members of your organization.
10: Well, anybody that has dyslexia and uses a tape recorder.
1: Well, that doesn't answer the question. I'm, I'm just curious as no, like to I how many. We're
10: just starting it. We used it. We okay. used the-
1: Okay, so it's brand new. Because I was looking for it online. I couldn't find, yeah, uh, no, couldn't find no, no,
10: that's We're going to put something on there. Believe me, my so, girlfriend will get something on let there. Let me
1: see if I can follow you, though. Because one question I asked earlier, you didn't answer either. Are you talking about using this tape recorder to record the court proceedings or oh, to yeah. play back notes so you can They're- understand your notes? Like, What is it used for?
10: It's just like for right now, you can't remember everything I said, so we just rewind. So you're we...
1: So you don't want to go through the government's, but you don't want to go through the government's process of begging them for a transcript or begging them for an audio tape of the hearings or having yes. to pay their money. I don't blame you for that. Uh, and you're calling from uh, from California, where things are way worse, from what I can tell, than they are yeah. out here in New Hampshire. We actually have the ability to to uh, record anything in the, the courtroom Okay. Zone.
10: Are you voluntary compliant to the CAP system to where they misspell your name and have an unsecured misnomer?
1: Well, yeah. I don't know what all that means. I've looked into the uh, the whole c- conspiracy surrounding the idea that the government well, it's not uses
10: conspiracy. I'm the one using the tape recorder. Only, okay, sir, have it is a conspiracy
1: because it's a bunch of nonsense. I mean the the idea is, and I know this because I've tried it. Um, the The idea for those that don't understand is that this all caps name that you see on your driver's license or you see maybe on the income tax forms, all your like
4: that. all your banking as well as your social security card. Yeah, all...
1: The, it's all yeah. in capital letters, just non standard English. Normally, when you write a first and last name, you capitalize the first letter of the of the names mm-hmm. um, instead these are all capital letters and some people believe and apparently you do andrew uh, some people believe that this is an indicator that this is not actually you but a corporate person that uh, was a, created, straw a straw man straw mm-hmm. man as it's been called yeah. that was created to do various different things i way. have
10: evidence to back it up uh, yeah. I have a patrolman dying from cancer explain this to me i've attempted to use the uh, proper grammar english name in the state of California, the federal government will always identify your proper grammar English name uh, that you're taught in grammar school as an AKA, an alias. So my. Mm-hmm. I think that there's
1: is. all kinds of uh, interesting things to learn about this. I have spent hours on it myself uh, looking into this and attempting to uh, you know, put some of it to the test. And really what it ends up being is that maybe there is some legal explanation. Maybe it's true that somewhere out there there's some sort of uh, certificate uh, that has you know, millions of dollars in a bank account that is just untapped and waiting to be uh, accessed, which is one of the theories out there surrounding this. I don't really care about uh, that. I yeah, I understand that you don't. I, what do you care about? I
10: care about? about when I go on my paper court. I say equality under the law is paramount. This mm-hmm. is the mainspring for the progress of the people. That is a yes or no answer, sir. I have an extra tape recorder for you. Are you going to answer yes?
1: So ha- no. so have you been unsuccessful in bringing a tape recorder into court in California?
10: Uh, many, many times, and they still we're, gonna, we're, we're sending in somebody this week to test the rules of court that they changed. Have that you ever changed. been
1: successful at bringing a tape recorder? Yes, to-
10: unfortunately. The only way is with someone asking for permission with the use of a cane in a public building.
9: And really a use of a what
10: came? We put him in a catch twenty two. He's a retired West Sacramento cop, shot in the back with a shotgun, and uh, they escorted us out and dismissed the case.
1: So, uh, so, so, what's next for your organization?
10: Uh, to convince you that uh, only criminals have problems with self incrimination, that uh, you have declared yourself to have dyslexia by this phone conversation. So next time you have any interaction with uh, someone alleging to be a public servant say hey i got dyslexia i need
1: to use my tape recorder i don't need to do that i'll yeah, just, just record. do it anyway yeah i'll just record them out right out in front of them and i don't there care what are. they say see i don't well, have to make thing. excuses for recording government bureaucrats i mean if that's, if, if, if that's what you if need, this need, this need this to this do out in california then i wish you the best of luck and i thank you for the call good luck with the uh the coalition there at 800-259-9231 if that's what you need to do,
2: i think that that's what you should do i mean
1: yeah but it's a lie, though. That's that's fraud uh, to say that you have dyslexia yes. and you don't have dyslexia. That's that's lying, and so I don't support lying.
4: So now you've also uh, lied to a, a federal agent, which
1: depending on who you're talking with,
4: depending but, on, yes, but that in itself, even if you weren't guilty of anything that they were accusing you of, you've
1: just committed a federal that's crime. That's right. I don't. Th- uh, I no. How are they going to prove you don't have dyslexia? I mean, uh, you know, I I've I don't know. Mark. I just don't feel good about lying to people if I can avoid it. That's what they do. And I don't want to lower myself to their level, the That's government right. people that is. So, as far as recording uh, When someone's court-
2: initiating force against you, I understand where you're coming from. It it you know, and a lie is the easiest way to get out of using uh, you know, to be able to protect yourself mm-hmm. and get out of doing um, using force against them, then it's okay. If a robber comes up and sticks a hand in your face or uh, gun in your sure, face, but the, and the government government some money aren't and he says, force. do "You have any more money?" and you say no, but you in fact have a pocket full of money. I get what you're it's saying. It's a big deal.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying, Mark, but the government people are not you most of them are not and the active uh users of the force they are the I'm, beneficiaries of the uh, the force or the threat of force that has already been used um generally i think it's a bad idea to, to, to lie to people i mean i see where you're coming from there's there are times when it certainly makes sense and I, I wouldn't say that's wrong i wouldn't say it's wrong to lie in the case of being held at gunpoint i don't think it's wrong
2: to tell them that you have dyslexia um i mean you know everybody reads words wrong now and then mm-hmm. so you know what's a mild case of dyslexia i just it, don't like what, lying yeah I'm just
1: just man up and uh, record the bureaucrats
2: I, it, you know if more people did it, yeah. then absolutely in California you 'd be able to do it, but likely I mean the guy 's been told he can 't bring a tape recorder in the courtroom. Yeah. You need to be able to record your own stuff, so whatever it takes in that circumstance, I support it
1: well, the best way to handle uh, these situations is to get together with other like minded liberty oriented activists uh, if that 's indeed what you believe in that is uh, true personal uh, liberty, uh, to responsibility for uh, individuals actions. Allowing others to be free so you yourself can be free. If you like that, uh, those ideas, you should go to freestateproject.org to learn more, at the, uh, more about the Free State Project. In fact, we'll tell you about a great excuse to come up here to New Hampshire and see what it's like to be around hundreds of other like-minded, oriented, uh, liberty-oriented people via the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We'll tell you more about, that, uh, more about that coming up in hour number three. You can also take control, bring up anything you want. And we'll also talk more about this all-caps uh, conspiracy thing, because there's a cop that actually fell for this recently. we free talk. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 And joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can create the content on the site. Everything that you see in the main uh, main section there of the front page was created by listeners like you. So as you're surfing around the web, you see things that you think are interesting, you want to share those with our other listeners, you can submit your favorite url to our website and then other listeners will get to vote as to whether or not they uh, like what it is that you've submitted you get to vote on things as well and the most liked make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com toll-free number again 800 259 to the phones and your thoughts about what you want benjamin is in california benjamin you're on free talk live benjamin, hey how's it going hey what's on your mind tonight
8: well, uh, I called about a week ago uh, to tell you guys about uh, an encounter me and my brother had with what we thought was a uh, law enforcement officer who frisked us and took away our cell phones uh, since we were recording them, claiming that he thought they might be guns. Mm. Um, and I want to do a little follow-up about that.
1: Right. He, he then gave them back to you after, I guess, haranguing you to some extent. And you would also suspected he might be some sort of a private bank security officer.
8: Right. Um, we, we still don't know who he is. But uh, you know, we are narrowing the field, as it were. Um, the police basically have decided that they can't figure out who it's going to be, so they're just going to hold it on file.
2: Um, <laughs> We've investigated, and we just come up can't come up with the, uh, the, yeah. the 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 officer that may have done this to you. So we'll, we'll wait, just hold on to this. A
1: point of information I don't recall from your original phone call: Did you get this man's face on video? We did not
8: get his face on video. Um, Even though you
1: had two video cameras there. I,
8: we had two video cameras, but the way he he quickly grabbed our cameras because mm. we started up quick, and he grabbed our cameras. Which, if you can go and you can find the the raw footage of it, but you can see his hand moving back and forth on our on our cameras. I see. And then he finally rips them out of his hands and puts them in his pocket. Gotcha. Um, so yeah. So anyways, uh, so that's kind of where we are on there, but. Well, well Carlos, okay, so no the, wait a
1: hold on. The, with the police department uh, claiming that, wh- where are you in California?
8: We're about an hour north of Sacramento. And
1: what's the um, population of the area in which that you were Well, we live,
8: in a, we live in a small town. This, is, this was in a neighboring town. I don't even know what the population is there. I mean, we live in a small town of 3,000. I know all the police officers who live
1: here. Are right. you by
4: Eureka? Uh,
8: we, uh, we're actually in Wheatland. Hmm. Um, and what, where this happened was in Rockland.
1: Rockland, California. So I guess the question is, how many police officers do they have in Rockland? We don't even
8: know if it was a police officer or some security guard or an off-duty police officer from somewhere else. We have no idea. And that was our fault for not, you know, asking the right questions. And whatnot. Sure, but uh, so I was, was what I was thinking
1: was if you know if you are um, if you're trying to get information out of the police department and they claim they're willing to help you investigate this, then it would be good to find out who was on duty on the day in which uh, this occurred and uh, get some sort of uh, you know look at the staff photographs and say, oh well that's the guy because you would recognize him if you saw him wouldn't you?
8: Yeah, we would recognize him if we saw him. I haven't thought about talking to him and trying to do that.
1: I mean, I but, bet you they're going to stonewall they're, it. They're not going to do it. <laughs> right, but it would be useful to try and ask and see what their response is, and it would be kind of an interesting uh, you know, footnote to the story. Anyway, go ahead with what else you were going to tell us about it.
8: Oh, well, um, the other thing is Carlos Miller just uh, did a story on it, which was pretty cool. Um, but I, we finally released, our, decided to release some video of another event that had happened to us even before this where we dealt with a different police department, and we know these are cops in uniform, it was multiple, uh, there was multiple, uh, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> there are several of them, and uh, where they kind of did the same thing, where they told us to shut off our cameras, um, which we did, but that's because I had a, a, uh, an audio recorder still going, and there were reporters nearby, so I wasn't in fear of them initiating force against us.
9: Mm-hmm.
8: Um, but they they also decided to make up some other lies about, because um, we were standing out in a median that was about 10 feet wide, cement median, by a, um, by uh, traffic lights. And they decided to tell us that that was illegal to be out there in this, in this area. Mm. And we pointed out to them, well, you don't do anything about the firefighters who run out into the streets every year for what they call their fill-the-boot
2: Yep, um, they're trained.
8: Right, well, actually what they claimed is, oh, no, they get a special permit for that.
1: So, <laughs> so you so can do it all- as long as you pay them first.
8: Well, see, here's the thing. The reason we held on to the videos because I I wanted to do due, due diligence and try to see if there was such a permit so that maybe we could get it. Hmm. But I knew there didn't, wasn't such a thing, so we went to the local governments and asked them, "Hey, we we heard there's a permit that allows you to just go into the street," and uh, and they were like, "What are you talking about?" And
1: so <laughs> yeah, right, we, of course we they cost. were. Cops right. lie.
8: <laughs> <laughs> so so that's what, so we released that, and uh, so Carlos Miller did like a, a double story on it. Nice. But, but it, I just wanted to point out to everybody that, yeah, the cops will lie. Um, obviously, Absolutely. if I didn't have a surreptitious recorder going, I would not have shut off my ca- camera. You,
1: know. yep. you can't believe a word these people say, unfortunately, because they're so – and not just the cops, any government bureaucrat. Even if they're not lying to you, they may just be giving you misinformation, things they've heard uh, yep. incorrectly. And so it's hard to say whether or not it's a lie or They can't or just possibly know their own laws. No, exactly. Hey, thanks for the update there. By the way, did you say it was Rockland or Rocklin?
8: Rocklin, its uh, its it. neighboring uh, town is Roseville.
1: 54,000 people live in Rockland, so I don't know, they probably got like 100 police officers or something like that. Probably only 10 of them or something were on duty that day, so it might be possible. And
8: Well, they- we saw lots of police cars drive by us, and none of them stopped to talk to us that day. Uh, probably about a dozen police vehicle just, vehicles just drove past us with no issue whatsoever.
1: And this guy came out of nowhere? I mean, he didn't pull this up a guy vehicle? This
8: came out of nowhere uh, because there was a bank nearby that we didn't even know was there and was that was facing the opposite direction of telling us that we shouldn't be wearing masks uh, near a bank because we had Guy Fox masks on.
1: <laughs> Thanks for the call and the update tonight. Appreciate hearing from you, Benjamin, at 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by C A I. As we continue here, uh, so there is there is news out of our former hometown, or our hometown, I guess you can call it that, uh, of Sarasota, Florida, Mark. And it's a bizarre story. Like, you wouldn't expect somebody in the police department to fall for the whole sovereign citizen thing. Now, I like the idea of being sovereign, and I believe in the concept of sovereignty uh, for individuals, but the whole sovereign citizen concept, I think, mm. is really confused. An
4: oxymoron almost. It is, absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's a contradiction in terms. Right. And uh, because you can't be sovereign if you're a citizen. Because being a c- citizen means you give up your uh, your rights, essentially, in return mm. for a supposed obligation of protection. You, Couldn't you, you be a citizen of your
2: own sovereign nation? I, I suppose you could if you believe in I'm a citizen of nations. myself. It's like, it's like God sending himself down to earth to die for your sins. It's the same thing. Well,
4: oh my gosh. Michelle is the resident Christian here. I'll let what, her feel that to pull one. What a punches?
1: No, I'm no, just saying. I'll let her feel that one. I just don't
4: know how you came up with that. Let's get we still need to get on to the Ecstasy.
9: Are uh, so. very excited
1: about this, huh? All right. Well, we'll get to the Ecstasy <laughs> thing here, but I, you know, since somebody brought up this all caps conspiracy earlier yes. tonight, I thought this was appropriate. Uh, it's uh, it's from our former hometown. And we'll tell you more about what this detective, police detective uh, believed he unearthed about, you know, the so-called truth regarding the federal government and this uh, corporate personhood and all that. But first, Lowell is on the line in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Lowell. Lowell, you're on with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Are you there, sir? Lowell in New York. I'm taking my call. Hey, there you are. Go uh, ahead.
11: first order of business is I'd like an address because I'd like to donate $100. I love the Ustream Live. Oh, thank you. Uh, you guys do a great job.
1: Uh, I'll and tell you what I we'll put you on. We'll, we'll put you on hold after your call, and we'll get the address to you that way. If that's all right, because it's just okay. a, kind of a waste of airtime to spit it out on the air. Um, so well, stay. I did
11: have. I did have a question, though. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it, and this is in regards to the Ron Paul. I've been watching Ron Paul. I'm definitely on his side. And then um, I don't know. A few weeks ago, somebody kept telling me, "Have you checked out this Nasara thing?" And so I started looking at Nasara, and I started checking this stuff out, and it was like, "Wow." Um, I don't what know if I'm connecting the dots or if this is something that could be discussed. You guys are a whole lot smarter than I am. Well, I so. don't know about
1: that. I don't know if that's true, but uh, I want you to tell me what this is because I, yeah, I don't even heard of it. Nasara, I don't know what it is. Nasara, so um, hang on, hold that thought. We're going to bring you back and we'll also get you the uh, the address info during the uh, in a moment here. Uh, while you're off on while you're on hold there, but by the way, for those of you that do want the address and you have internet access, it is on our promote page for the the bumper sticker. It's the same address. Uh, it's Free Talk Live. It's there at uh, promote.freetalklive.com. You can find it out promote.freetalklive.com. We're coming up about whatever Nasera is. In moment. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection: the, the GPS black box, black box dash cam. Dash cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231, join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you'll find there. Got all kinds of stuff for you, including listening options, the broadband version of the program, and dial up version. You can listen 24 7. We've got the latest episode of Free Talk Live running around the clock over at listen.freetalklive.com. But maybe the internet streams are not uh, the best choice. Maybe you'd prefer to listen on your phone. We've got listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Plus, we've got our webcam, as our last caller, our uh, current caller, just mentioned a moment ago. There's also a free to air satellite channel and 94 radio affiliates. On AM and FM from coast to coast, that carry the show at various different times throughout the week. So get the details on how to get tuned in over at listen.freetalklive.com. We've got Lowell back listening in New York. Lowell, are you there? Lowell, in New York? Yes, sir. Okay, so did you get the address during the break there?
11: Uh, yes, sir, okay. I did. Excellent. Thank now, you very much.
1: Now, you had mentioned something about NACERA. Uh, can you put that back into context? What What is it?
11: Um, Actually, well, if you Google it up, it says National Economic Stabilization and Recovery Act.
1: N-E-S. What was it? N-E-S?
11: N-E-S-A-R-A. Okay. And and you'll probably come to the same Google page I'm coming at.
1: So what Um, is it? Can you sum it up?
11: Um, Well, it looks to me like a reset button, Um, uh, basically abolishing the Fed. Um, and the IRS going right in behind it. Um, I've gotten into some other things that, you know, following rabbit trails, you find uh, world settlements um, and things of that sort. But it was um, basically, it's an acronym, according to Wikipedia, it's an acronym for the Proposed National Economic Security and uh, Reformation Act. And I'm just kind of, after looking at this, I'm thinking to myself, Wow! Abolish the Fed—that's uh, Ron Paul—and uh, you know, uh, shortly thereafter, if you don't need the Fed, then I guess the I, uh, the IRS is going to go down. Mm-hmm. And I was just curious about this, and and I'm just—I'm not really sure if I—you know—I don't want to get into conspiracy theories and all that, but I'm just—I'm looking downrange on this, and I'm thinking, do these two dots connect?
1: Which dots? Um,
11: uh, well, I, I mean, Ron Paul is all about abolishing the Fed, mm. and I think a lot of us are are for that. Sure. Um, and by looking at this, it's, uh, this National Economic Stabilization and Recovery Act was something that was proposed in the '90s, yeah. and and just kind of uh, it, it it was never assigned a, a number, uh, so therefore it was never a bill or anything like that. But it just seems to me like it's just kind of floating out there, just waiting for the right opportunity.
1: Well, I would say that – according – and I'm looking at the same Wikipedia article you are here. It it actually mentions Ron Paul in the first paragraph saying that the proposals in – it's the National Economic Security and Reformation Act, according to Wikipedia. The proposals were never introduced before Congress – and the only congressman known to have committed on the, uh, commented, rather, on the bill is Ron Paul, dismissively, and through a spokesman, they do cite that. Uh, I didn't take a look at the uh, the citation, so how it was dismissed, I'm not, I'm not sure, or why uh, why he dismissed it, I I don't know. But I'm sure there are a lot of bills and suggested uh, suggested text for legislation that have been proposed and are just you know, as you describe it, floating out there, meaning no one's doing anything with them, and this hasn't been heard from. You know, in a, in a long time. So, I, I guess I'm I'm con- confused. Are you confused as to why they haven't done anything with this? I mean, it's Congress. They don't they don't want to reduce what, what, the government.
11: Well, I guess I I don't know. Maybe it's not so much that I'm not confused that they haven't done anything with this, but so much that I I guess I, there's a natural born suspicion. And I love Ron Paul, but um, maybe he's the guy they want to run. I I don't know. And and. You think Ron I, Paul's been made? You think home.
1: that uh, that he's been compromised? Is that what you're suggesting?
11: I, I wouldn't suggest that he was compromised, but I would say that there may be a time that um, that this was put into place very much like NAFTA, the SPP. These are all just things that are all gone around the outside of this perimeter uh, of law. And I don't know if this this will be the guy or not. I uh, I don't know. And I just thought I'd throw that out there.
1: Okay. Well, I, I, it doesn't I really seem like know. it doesn't really seem like there's know. anything that's likely to to come of this. I mean, uh somebody proposed it back in the 1990s. Uh, according to this uh, Harvey Barnard, a Louisiana graduate in systems philosophy, created the Nasara proposal. He printed 1000 copies of his proposal in 1996 and sent copies to members of Congress believing it would pass quickly on its merits. He figured, "Hey, you know, I'm smart and uh, I've come up with this idea to, you know, get rid of uh, the Fed perhaps and uh, get rid of the income tax, and, uh, boy, who, who wouldn't agree with me on this? Apparently, none of them agreed with it. Right. Not, not there's 534
2: Paul. guys there that wouldn't.
11: Well, lots evidently of people... Evidently not. Evidently not. And, well, there's also the other... The, there's another small component that seems to have kind of uh, popped up, in the, and that's the... Ron Paul's all about abolishing uh, the Department of Education, which I'm all for. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing the results of that out in Wisconsin and so on and so forth, which I understand that the Department of Education was enacted during the Carter administration.
1: No, I don't um, know if that's true. You may be right. I've, I, maybe it was called something different. But as my understanding, the federal government began getting involved in education in the 1950s, whether it was called the Department of Education back then or not. I'm, I'm not familiar.
11: Okay. Uh, okay, well, I'm not trying to trip anybody up. I, I oh, I didn't think I you were. I'm just, I'm there, just saying,
1: the feds. All I was pointing out is the feds have been involved for a long, long time, longer than the 70s.
11: Well, thank you very much for taking my call, and I've written out the check, and it will be in the mail tomorrow morning. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much for your hard work. Thank
1: you so much. I appreciate it. Well, it's radio. It's not really hard work. No, it's not really that hard But I appreciate the appreciation at 800-259-9231. I got into radio because it's not hard work. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get paid for pressing buttons, and I did. And the
4: groupies, and your celebrity, and (laughs) everyone's like, I mean, what was Ishtar saying earlier tonight? Oh, you are tall, dark, and handsome. I had thought that you, I had had thought that that that. you were like this blonde Adonis god. (laughs) Your voice is scintillating.
1: Oh my! All right. So the Sarasota detective, uh, as we were mentioning before, last April, a a veteran Sarasota police homicide detective, went to the courthouse and tried to secede from the United States of America. The detective, Tom Law. Laughlin filed a convoluted document declaring himself a sovereign citizen. The filing included a thumbprint on each page and a photocopy of 21 silver pieces, the price to become a free man. In, <laughs> apparently what? In doing oh, so, Laughlin, 42, joined a small... Who did he give it to? Uh, he was at the courthouse, apparently. Joined a small but growing group of U.S. citizens who claim they are not subject to federal law, that they no longer have to pay taxes, and that their homes are their embassies. Last week, he was fired for it. In what the department insiders are calling this, by the way, from the Sarasota Herald-Tribune, I don't think I mentioned that. In what department insiders are calling one of the strangest internal affairs cases in recent memory, Laughlin has gone from a decorated and respected investigator to the subject of office jokes. Laughlin has handled some of the area's highest profile cases in recent years. He is, uh, his work led to the conviction of uh, DeAndra Tunstall for gang-related murders. He solved the cold case killing of a man on Bird Key. He teamed with U.S. Marshals to track down a Sarasota man accused of beating a woman to death in New York nearly 40 years ago. So
4: he got some bad guys.
1: This guy, yeah. I mean, he was, he was a detective, uh, no doubt about that. And I guess he came across some information that he thought was very interesting and, and went down the rabbit hole uh, into this world of the, the sovereign citizen movement with all of its information uh, claims about capitalized letters and various other things that turn out to be complete bunk when you actually attempt to, uh, to put them into motion. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. We'll tell you more about what's going on with him. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, ring up anything, 800-259-9231. And uh, 800-259-9231 is that number brought to you by SACL CAI, which has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. So, their staff is respectful, they record every call, and have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL, C A I. As we continue with a strange story. About a man who is in an unexpected place to discover the so called sovereign citizen movement. He's a 42 year old detective or was a detective. The Sarasota, Florida Police Department, he was fired uh, for his newfound beliefs, which led him to go into the local courthouse and file, attempt, or attempt to file some sort of paperwork uh, that uh, claims sovereign citizenship and uh, basically is attempting to secede from the United States, a personal secession, which I fully support the concept of seceding oneself from uh, this violent monopoly. I mean, I I like that idea. I just don't think that you
2: can file some paperwork
1: with the government and
2: they're just going to say,
1: okay, goodbye. Yeah, there's nothing. There there is no process. There are a lot of people out there that there's essentially uh, Internet hucksters that have websites where they will offer you the secrets To free yourself. And if you just send $500, they'll send you a CD-ROM with all kinds of useful documents. And you just follow the instructions and fill out the forms and... Triplicate and uh, send them into you know the department of fill in the blank you know they've, they've got a very specific procedure and it's very confusing mm-hmm. and uh, and they always want a bunch of money in order to uh, you know to teach you how to do these things and you end up likely if you believe this stuff you end up spending hundreds of dollars getting all this confusing paperwork trying to go and file it and then you end up getting arrested <laughs> because you put a private license plate on your car or something like that which I've actually done so I mean I've, I've Kind of uh, you know, toyed around with these ideas and, and done some looking into them, and I, I wasn't working for the government at the time, so I didn't get fired. Uh, but this man was, and he was—he was, you know, quite a successful detective. Worked on a lot of high-profile uh, cases. In his personal life, though, according to the Herald Tribune, uh, Laughlin was growing increasingly frustrated with the direction of the city and the country. He privately worried that Obamacare was bad for his family, that Sarasota government officials planned to lay off police officers, and that the city might take his pension. His brother, also a sovereign citizen who's rec- gonna do that anyway, recently was charged in Saint John's County with trying to extort two Florida Highway patrol troopers and later with bilking a Sarasota bank of fifty thousand dollars, convinced Laughlin that he could declare himself a freeman. So Laughlin headed to the courthouse in April to legally renounce his citizenship, telling local, state, and federal officials that he would only communicate with them in writing. Laughlin told internal affairs investigators what the paperwork was done for was basically to get back to the roots, the Constitution, you know, and under God and back to the meat of what it really is, unquote. About the same time, investigative reports show Laughlin's colleagues saw his behavior change around the office. He talked increasingly of a straw man account that allowed government to hide millions of dollars from citizens. Uh, To explain that one a little better, the concept is that uh, the government essentially uh, trades you like, uh, your stock
4: TIN, TIN number is
1: taxpayer uh, identification yes. number. Yeah. So that, uh, when you get a birth certificate, the idea is that, uh, there's a number on there that is tied into this mystery straw man account that the government uses to pay for something or you can use to pay for things. Somehow there's, uh,
2: there's a lot of money there that you can somehow access if yeah. you just.
1: Demand you just the write, money. You have to write the right magic words on a bill. So if yeah. you get a bill, you can write like accepted for value or something like that on it. And people claim that this works. Of course, they don't actually have any real uh solid proof of it. Anyway, according to Internal Affairs Documents, uh he told... Uh, colleagues told internal affairs that uh, Laughlin wanted to pay off personal debts through the straw man account and that he made strange statements about a global financial conspiracy according to uh, internal affairs documents he believed Freeman based ideas that the red numbers on a social security card were clues to finding the account and that birth certificates related to secret ships birthed in a port that held access to millions of straw man dollars Mm.
4: Detective
1: Detective Charles Riff said well that's uh, that's backed up by the idea that this is maritime law Mm -hmm. and that uh, you know that there's these these terms that they use, like registration, is, is, a, is a, a maritime term. Your ship is registered at a certain port. Mm-hmm. And so there's all kinds of crazy word things that go mm-hmm. on here in this, uh, this conspiracy theory. Detective Charles Rift, different detective, said it was one of those things where as he's trying to explain it to me, I'm looking at him thinking, you're crazy. I mean, what the hell? It didn't make any sense to me. Uh, colleagues soon discovered Laughlin had declared himself a Freeman. Many officers viewed the public records on the court's website and concerns that his status could jeopardize criminal cases that he worked at because he felt he was no longer a citizen, according to reports. His beliefs put him directly at odds with his superiors who'd begun to watch out for sovereign citizens. The FBI listed those calling themselves sovereigns as a domestic terror threat following a series of violent attacks. Uh, by members, including Terry Nichols of the Oklahoma City bombing. Now, there is no membership, by the way, for this. It's, it's come a lot of. There's misinformation, obviously, uh, in this story because it's hard to even for a reporter. It would be very hard to comprehend a lot of these uh, these things. It's hard for me to comprehend it, and I've spent time looking into it. Uh, but there's no sovereign citizen membership, at least that I'm aware of. The idea is to to withdraw yourself from uh, the federal government and you know, local and state governments, not to necessarily join some club. So I highly doubt that Terry Nichols uh, from Oklahoma City here, Joe Stack, who flew his plane into an IRS building, and Jerry and Joseph Kane, the father and son who fatally shot two Arkansas police officers last right. May, were all in the same club. Yeah, they were all in the same internet club. The Southern Poverty Law Center estimates there are about 300,000 sovereign citizens in the U.S. and the radical movement has a huge presence online from websites that provide the documents to file for sovereign status in court to YouTube videos in which members openly threaten law enforcement officers. The movement came to the Sarasota Police Department's attention last year when an intelligence officer sent a bulletin warning officers to be wary of their interactions with sovereign citizens. In an interview this week, Laughlin said he began to have second thoughts about the movement in June during a vacation with his brother. The two were pulled over on a North Florida interstate and Laughlin's brother James berated a trooper saying state laws did not apply to him. James Laughlin later mailed documents to the trooper saying he should drop the citation and pay him $150,000 for violating his rights or he would sue for $32 million. And this is another one of the things that uh, that they try to do is uh, they basically uh, put the government bureaucrats on notice that, well, if you ask for my time that uh, it's going to cost you this amount of money. Right. I'm sovereign. Uh, you don't have any jurisdiction over me if you uh, go messing with me.
2: I charge for my time. My time will be, you know, $1,000 an hour or whatever, and you'll have to
1: write a check. That's uh, a nice know. idea. I mean, it, you know, that, that kind of makes sense to me. Like, hey, this is my time. You've taken it away from me, and here's what you owe me. But good luck collecting. Good luck getting a a verdict uh, in your favor and uh, and even attempting to bring that case without the judge saying, you know, (laughs) you've got no standing. Get out of my courtroom. Uh, so and it, so, Tom Laughlin says that's when I knew this was something I didn't want to be a part of. I filed those documents without really reading them. Hey, that's not a good idea, Tom.
4: <laughs> right? You don't want to do that.
1: <laughs> don't <I> mean, <laughs> sign a
4: contract you haven't read. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, yeah, that's one of the big the deals here. Is these these gurus in this sovereign citizen movement would have you believe that they know everything about everything regarding this this made up realm uh, that they're that they're promoting, uh, and so people believe them so firmly that they'll just take their word for it. Oh yeah, just fill out these lengthy forms with all this text on it. Don't even bother reading it. Just fill it out, turn it in, and you'll be a sovereign citizen. Department officials began their case in internal affairs in July. Producers determined that Laughlin had not broken any laws, but city attorneys openly fretted he may have violated his oath of office. Uh, yeah, because usually the oath of, oath of office says you, you'll you know you'll swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States. Yeah, and well, that it all the to laws, me
2: that, that That's the big deal.
1: Right? Uh, by then, he'd already taken steps to make the court records invalid. While paperwork has no legal while the paperwork has no legal value, Laughlin found they cannot be redacted and cannot be removed from a public website. After lengthy internal inquiries, supervisors accused him of associating with a hate group that advocates violence, not answering questions honestly, and using department computers to search websites on strawman accounts and sovereign citizens. Review board recommended he be suspended for four weeks and transferred out of the investigative division. Uh, the suspension would have cost him about six grand, but he was instead fired by the chief, and uh, that was confirmed by the city manager. He's hired a, a private attorney you know, plans They could to do just
2: about anything in their jobs and get away with it, but you can't do this. You
1: can't go filing right? paperwork and mess with them. You can murder. When you say just about every, anything, you mean murder and rape. Right. and uh, frequently get away with it but become a sovereign citizen so called and you're fired 800-259-9231 the SACL c a i toll free line you can take control of the airwaves again i fully support the idea of, of seceding oneself from the government but don't think they're going to respect your uh, your wishes you can look at uh, you look forward to getting thrown into a cage it's free talk We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call and your thoughts here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the webcam. You can watch, you can listen, you can interact. Over at cam.freetalklive.com, I say interact because the chat room's built into the same page. All of it is free, and it's brought to you by memorydealers.com. Cam.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered
2: taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who have to know what it takes to win, how to file motions, how to move the court, how to uh, get evidence, and for people with lawyers that want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done by their attorney. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer. and It's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. It allows you to use the court system to slow down the machinations of government to uh, defend yourself against uh, an ever-intrusive government and keep an eye on uh, your attorney
1: if you're being sued or something like that. It's jurisdictionary.com. It's a great course. All right, let's continue. Take your phone calls. Uh, Nani is listening in Virginia to WTAR in Virginia Beach. Hello, Nani.
12: Yes. Hey, how are you tonight? Hey, just great.
1: What's on your mind?
12: Hey, look, uh, <clears throat> I heard you talking about the Fed and Ron Paul and all that stuff. Um, not really interested in the political part of it, but I do have a question. Okay, the Fed, who owns who owns the Fed?
1: Some would say it is uh, you know, basically owned by the private uh, member banks, but I don't know.
12: Yeah, yeah. When when the Fed was originally established, I believe
9: <clears throat>
12: back in 1913, it was such banks as uh, the Rothschilds, the Warburgs, um several banks from overseas. Are they
2: still involved? I don't I know. I know Bank of America is, uh, is a member now. I think, that, I think some of the banks cycle in and cycle out to some extent.
1: But you're asking if the Rothschilds and those old banking families are involved? I would imagine they're still involved at some, to some extent yeah, to I, the international banking it's like community. I
12: 25 banks or so. Is that right? But what
1: does it matter who's really involved? I mean, the, the, what, it would seem to me well, that what matters is that the Fed the exists at all. Question,
12: well, the next question is, how much do they charge uh, us to take our money?
2: Well, I think that they... Uh...
1: I think it's 3 to 5%.
2: Okay. How much do uh, they charge to words, take
1: care of money? Is that your question? Yeah. Uh, when, we,
12: when we did the $860 billion bailout, I think it actually cost us, what, close to a trillion dollars. Well,
1: I didn't bail anyone out. You're talking about the federal government. Are you a member of the federal government?
12: Yeah, the government? Fed. Yeah, okay. when the Fed... When, we, when the Treasury Department gave the money to the Fed, then... The Fed, in order to take it from the Treasury, required 3 to 5% interest on the money just to
1: take it. Well, every time they print money, it costs us money, right? I mean, every time they add money into no, no, the this, money supply.
12: No, this is like you're going to buy a car and the guy says, well, I'm going to charge you interest on the money that I loan you. They're charging us money for money that we loan them. I so see what you trade mean. Trade the whole system is
1: messed up. I mean, there's no doubt it's a system based on debt. The money is uh, is a representation of debt. It's a Federal Reserve note. It is an indicator of debt. And uh, as loans are created, it's actually creating and adding so-called money into the system. But it's actually just adding more debt. Yeah, so and the once Fed the is debt is paid off... The Fed is a
12: governmental department.
1: The, be- the, what? the Fed what? Uh,
12: most people think that the Fed... Is part of the government.
1: True, it's it's, it's technically not it's
12: independent. Yeah, it's, it's, it's independent technically energy. not, but it's well, not it's really not independent.
2: entirely independent. the uh, The Federal Reserve Chairman and uh, you know the the members of the board or whatever it is are are to to some extent they're they're appointed by the people in the government. I mean, so yeah, it's but not, they're
12: appointed. But the people who own the Fed are private banks, yeah. Yeah. and we as citizens of the United States through our Treasury Department. Loan them money and they charge us interest to take it.
2: How do we loan them money?
12: Well, when we did the bailout, the $860,000 uh, billion, that money went from the Treasury Department to the Fed. The Fed dispersed it through its members' banks.
2: How and would the Treasury Department do that? The, tre- the Treasury it. Department doesn't issue the money. The Federal Reserve does, right? That's why it's called a Federal Reserve. The Federal
12: Reserve note. doesn't have money. If it did, it would be. The Treasury Department said, if you look at a dollar bill, it says Treasury Department. It doesn't say federal. It says it's Federal
1: It's a Reserve. dollar
12: bill that says Treasury Department, not hmm. the Fed.
1: It says well, both. I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's my understanding that I... I
12: take a dollar. out of your wallet. I know you got one. Anyway, it says yeah. Department of Treasury. And that money goes from the Treasury Department to the Fed. Hmm. When it goes to the Fed, the Fed says, okay, in order for us to take that money, we're going to charge you
1: 3%. Hmm. I feel like you're off on something, but I thank you for the call tonight. I'd appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves and uh, and bring up anything. It's a uh, best up system. That's for certain. I thought that the Federal Reserve existed to uh, to essentially buy out the the treasury bonds right isn't that what the the government issues that yeah. the government issues these treasury bonds and if they can't sell them to the the other countries around the world or whoever else might want to buy them that the federal reserve is essentially the reserve that they fall back to the federal reserve and the federal reserve then prints out the money that it would take to buy whatever those treasury bonds are and, and backs them up i I couldn't say. I mean I'm I'm so confused after that call I don't even know which way's up. Yeah, well we've been talking about the Federal Reserve for years and I've yeah. never heard that uh the that the, the Particular government is sending money to the Federal Reserve. No. I don't know, Michelle. I mean, you're just sitting no. quietly. You don't know either. No, okay. <laughs> I do know that it's a convoluted
2: system, and he's yeah, right is. that it's a you know, it's so crazy that the average person doesn't have any idea. I mean, I don't know, and we've been. If looking you were at to ask Bernanke for what his
4: what his role is and what the Federal Reserve's role is, it is to regulate the money supply in order to con, um, in order to control stabilize the, the economy. Stabilize the economy.
1: So, anyway, back to the story about the guy who was, uh, I guess, had a detective in Sarasota, Florida, who discovered this so-called sovereign citizen movement, which, again, I like sovereignty. I don't like the concept of citizenship. And so mixing them together, I think, is, uh, is confused. It's a confusing movement full of various iterations of different conspiracy theories, none of which actually have any uh, tangible – Proof that they uh, that they will actually work for somebody in reality, the uh, the practitioners or the gurus in the, the movement that are trying to bilk people out of hundreds of dollars have very little in the way of evidence to prove their claims. And uh, but yet people get sucked in. I mean, even somebody like this, uh, who is completely involved in the government. I mean, he was part of the government, and this guy got sucked into this uh, very persuasive and an attractive movement. It's it's a movement that sounds like it's it's full of facts and information. It's a movement that sounds like the people that uh, are promoting these ideas know what they're talking about. Which should
4: be an encouragement to all of us out here who are trying to um, promote liberty. That uh, that people are not necessarily stuck in and married to their uh you know sometimes lifelong beliefs and everything that it is possible to persuade
1: people uh, and ideas are powerful know. no doubt about it i mean this guy lost his job over his uh his beliefs he's now repudiated them to uh to some extent after the fact i guess <laughs> <Right>. and, <laughs> i didn't think they could do that to me yeah and so, uh, I just think it's very interesting. And beware of these conspiracy theories, uh, because they want, they want you to pay a bunch of money and put these ideas into effect. So you end up out of, out hundreds of dollars and you still end up getting arrested because the cops don't care about your sovereign citizen declaration. They don't care about that. I mean, yeah. not that I think it's a bad idea to declare yourself sovereign. I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I fully support it. I wouldn't declare myself a sovereign citizen, however, <laughs> uh, I would declare myself a sovereign. Sovereign human being, if you will. And I think that the only way this is going to work, and that there's not one specific way to do it, but the concept of declaring yourself sovereign, the only way that will work is if you do it in tandem with other people. They claim here that there are 300,000 so-called sovereign citizens across the country, but they make no difference because they're not doing anything significant. You don't hear about you know, a group of sovereign so-called citizens having any success doing anything with their no, sovereignty. No, they typically...
4: Get- Uh, blown up, you know, via Janet Reno and, and, uh, You know, the FBI.
2: I don't know. This is typical. I think a lot of them just kind of go about their lives and pretending that they're not going to get. uh... No,
4: but if they if they become a group, is what I'm saying, you know, then they become a threat. And then Well, we're starting
1: to have that happen here. But we're not. The people here aren't violent. These aren't uh, these. The people in New Hampshire that I know that are interested in sovereignty would not call themselves citizens. So they're completely separate from this. uh, This other group that is maybe more angry. Uh, believes in you know the nation and what it should be, etc. These are people here in New Hampshire that just want – they want nothing to do with the federal government. They want nothing to do with government in general. Uh, there was one guy from Grafton who declared uh, – filed a declaration of sovereignty with a local court here in Keene, New Hampshire – and uh, I think I support that fully. I've done things like that myself. But I understand that these people with guns are going to do whatever they want to me, regardless of what paperwork is filed with what government office. What only what matters are numbers and getting people who love the ideas of freedom and peace, peaceful evolution. Getting those people together here in New Hampshire is uh, is a critical aspect. And you can go to porkfest.com to learn more about the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is coming up, where a lot of people who believe in individual liberty will be and uh, will be there broadcasting live. That's porkfest.com. That's- Pork with a C, P O R C F E S T dot com. We'll see you tomorrow night and we'll talk about ecstasy then. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All
2: right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post
1: show of Free Talk Live. And, you know,
2: um, everybody's allowed to have uh, people that they they look up to in in the liberty movement. And I, in particular, have a few. And, And today I've got on the telephone with me one of them. We have read so many articles by this guy on the show, uh, dozens and dozens, I would say, over the years. And I personally love the cadence of his writing and and the way he puts things ever ever so plainly for you to understand. And he's got a new article out um, on his blog, and it'll be out on com come tomorrow. So uh, I'd like to introduce William Norman Grigg. Are you there? I'm here. Excellent. Thanks
0: for this opportunity. This is a real pleasure.
2: Well, thanks for coming on. Um, so I guess on, the, the reason that I called you and asked for the interview is on, on the Saturday show, we had a, a a guy who called in. He was, you know, really well-spoken and was talking about the, the Democratic uh, – the, the Republican governor of Wisconsin and how he had uh, undermined the teachers union and that kind of thing. And he had uh, – Taken money from you know X organization and given it to Y organization within the within the government and therefore created this fiscal crisis that he's, mm-hmm. that is now um, you know coming out. So there's really not a fiscal crisis, and in fact the uh, the, the, the the teachers union or whatever all the pension all the pensions are fine in Wisconsin. And I don't know. I mean, I'm a national talk show host. I'm not pouring over the pension funds of all 50 states. But I felt like our answer, although pretty good, wasn't as good as it could be. And I noticed that you wrote the. This article about um, you know the protests that are going on, and I wanted to yes. just kind of talk to you about uh, some of these things.
0: My perception here, somebody who lived in Wisconsin for more than a dozen years, we moved back to my home state of Wisconsin, or from Wisconsin to my home state of, of Idaho in 2005, is that in Wisconsin here, you basically have a fight between the crony capitalists, who are, I think, embodied in Governor Walker, and people who are hardcore movement oriented socialist government employee unions for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so you've got sort of an internet war among tax feeders. You don't have a situation in which one side is fighting for freedom, as we would understand it, meaning a freedom to keep the fruits of your labor and to be unmolested by government. You're talking here about fine tuning the mechanism of plunder. And <laughs> Walker yeah, Walker was on <clears throat> Fox News yesterday And he told Chris Wallace, and this is something that uh, Robert Wenzel points out in his Economic Collapse blog, uh, that uh, Governor Walker said that he did not want to see any public employees lose their jobs. So we're not talking about something that in the aggregate would represent a net subtraction for the burden of the the wealth-producing class in Wisconsin. We're talking here about some rearranging of priorities within the tax feeder cohort of that population. And I think that the pecking order was established very early by Walker when he exempted what, in my opinion, are the most loathsome elements of the government employee union community, if you want to style it as such. That would be the police unions. He went out of his way to ensure that he would have the centurions at his back. And so he exempted the firefighter, police, and state trooper unions from these adjustments which are made in the collective bargaining provisions here that are permitted in Wisconsin, and that would have to do with negotiating changes to pensions and health care benefits. They would now be indexed to the uh, consumer price index that would be tagged to it. And so you wouldn't have a situation where they would be able to renegotiate even more lavish and expensive benefits than the ones they presently enjoy they would be subject to the same vicissitudes that afflict everybody in the productive sector when it comes to their benefits packages.
9: It's shocking. And, shocking, I tell shocking. you.
0: shocking, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're not dealing here with a particularly winsome proletariat when you've got people who are ditching work and descending on the capital to demand that they retain their supposed right to agitate on behalf of an increasingly larger slice of an ever-depleting pie of revenue. You're dealing here with people who are on the who rather than the whom element of the Leninist formula of power. Who does what to whom? All these people are the who, and the tax victim class are the whom. They're the ones to whom things are done rather than things for whom – rather than the people for whom things are done. And Scott Walker is very much on that side of the equation. It's just that he wants to make sure that his faction comes out on top.
2: Now, um, you know, I, I'd say that it's, it's likely. I, I'm, I, I haven't done polls or looked at research on this or anything like that, but it seems to me that it's likely that, uh, police unions, the police and firefighters are more likely from a psychological standpoint to vote Republican than, say, yeah. teachers unions and that kind of thing. So I can, I can see why he would pick the cops and the firefighters to have at his back. And, and if you talk about, talk to Republicans about like dramatically reducing the size of government like for real for real reducing the size of government generally the f- the first thing that comes out of their mouth after roads is cops and firefighters exactly you know they're they're deeply concerned about these and they're con- convinced that they're keeping uh you know they're keeping the flag waving um you know for freedom <laughs> And, you know, so, I mean, I I, I do – I kind of get why he would uh, choose to get them uh, behind him. So the idea is, is just to uh, – and it didn't work, by the way. I believe the uh, the police union has uh, backed the teachers at least yes, they have. from a nominal standpoint.
0: Yeah. Although there was uh, an actuality I heard on the radio maybe an hour and a half or two hours ago to the effect that the state troopers would be willing to use force if necessary to deal with their supposed brethren in the government employee unions—I don't want to call them government workers because what they do produces either butter or shoes or poetry, <laughs> as uh, Sinclair Lewis once put it. But the thing is, there is a pecking order here, even among the tax feeders. And at the top of that pecking order are the people who wear government issued costumes and push people around in terms of state sanction, coercion, and violence. That, of course, would be the police and the military. Every time I talk with people of a certain quasi-libertarian slant who are attached to the Republican Party, they say the same thing to me that you mentioned, which is, well, we have to make sure that uh, the police and the the military are adequately funded because that represents the best element of what government does for us. I said, no, that represents the worst because absent those mechanisms of coercion, none of the other things government does to make our lives miserable could ever take place. And so they always want to make sure that the, the legions are cared for and that the centurions are at their back. And in the case of what's going on in Wisconsin, the police unions, like police unions everywhere, are just horribly corrupt. I've mentioned in my article that uh, in Madison you have two really conspicuous cases over the last couple of years in which police uh, officers who have faced discharge for cause, termination for cause, in this case involving criminal behavior, have been allowed to go on what amounts to paid vacation for years on end collecting tens or even in one case hundreds of thousands of dollars for doing nothing because of union-negotiated contracts governing the circumstances and the procedures of termination for cause. Uh, There's one fellow who got drunk in 2004, wrecked his car, kicked into the door of of a neighbor he didn't know, and then passed out stinking drunk on the guy's floor. And he was arrested for DUI. He was eventually found guilty of, oh, for heaven's sake, disorderly conduct or some nominal charge. And it took three years to get this guy finally discharged, terminated from the Madison Police Department there in the capital city of Wisconsin. And in the course of this prolonged uh, trial, uh, this prolonged investigation, uh, his union-provided attorney did everything he could to prolong this, every dilatory tactic he could think of. This guy collected $250,000 for sitting at home watching Internet porn or some such.
2: Well, I hope he got his vacation time and his (laughs) uh, his sick days.
0: Yeah, that's the case of Denise Markham, who's another case I mentioned here. (laughs) She was terminated on uh, the 31st of December last. She was put on paid leave beginning in June of 2009. She'd been involved as a narcotics officer in enforcing prohibition, which meant that she was corrupt and she was tyrannical. She eventually was caught stealing. And so for the last year and a half, a little bit more than a year and a half, she's been under investigation. She finally resigned. But during that time, she's been collecting her salary and benefits and, just as importantly, banking her comp time, her vacation, and sick time. And that's not going to run out until October or November of this year. So she's going to be on what amounts to a a two-and-a-half-year paid vacation collecting over $100,000 in salary and benefits for doing nothing. And that I think is fairly typical of the cohort we're talking about. These people are very much in the wealth devouring el- element of, of society. They're no in no way to be compared uh, to the people in Cairo in Liberation Square who were demanding an end to crony capitalism, which is to say corporate socialism, and an end to martial law and an end to police abuse, and who eventually chased Mubarak out of power. Unfortunately, of course, you've got the military running things now, but after the protesters, the freedom activists, cleared the square in Cairo, it was after this happened where you had dozens who were killed and, and hundreds who were abused, then we had the public employees take to the square, yeah. now the Mubarak was gone, demanding that they have a larger share of a, of a very small and increasingly uh, depleted uh, pot of revenue. They are the people who are directly to be compared to the folks who are thronging the Capitol in Madison, Wisconsin right now. They're basically Mubarak's cronies, not the people who stood down Mubarak.
2: Yeah, it was. It really tickled me to see the guys that were out in the uh, the square, knocking people in the head with sticks. One week, um, the next week yeah. out there saying, "We need better. We need better pay and better uh, benefits and all this exactly. other stuff." You know, I have no doubt in my mind that the uh, the, the police in, in Madison and the state troopers would be willing to enforce uh, the law with uh, violence if necessary against their uh, their fellow uh, tax feeders. I have no doubt at all. I mean, these guys mm-hmm. didn't get into their work because they like to talk out their problems. You know what I mean? <laughs>
9: <laughs> well, there's a
0: certain Bonapartist element that we find attracted to that role in society, and of course, Bonaparte made his bones literally by being the one who was willing to fire on the crowds, uh, thronging the the palace, as it were in uh, I believe seventeen ninety nine uh, after the the revolution in France had become a free for all. They needed somebody among the Corps of colonels who was willing to fire on the populace. And so Bonaparte climbed to the top of that blood-greased pole, and the rest, as they say, is mass murder. And you get that same kind of disposition on the part of people who are attracted to wearing pretty little uniforms and and wearing costume jewelry and making other people respect their authorita. And I think that they have no compunctions about lording it over their fellow tax leaders who are not thus accoutred if the occasion calls for it.
2: Indeed. So... Now, um, I I guess a lot of people want to look at this situation as um, rather than just revolutions that are sweeping the world, and there certainly are. And you Mm know, I'm I'm somewhat ambivalent on them. I mean, I love the idea of people having you know less you know more freedom in their life and less tyranny and i think that they'll probably sure. get that there's going to be some backlash against the united states and i think that that'll uh show itself in in a more islamic form of government in some of these countries except yeah. for the ones that have the more islamic form of government at which point they'll say oh this sucks and then they'll you know they'll change to something more secular <laughs> and uh, you, you know but it to me it's it's the ball bouncing towards freedom it admittedly has a long way to go there, yeah. but to some extent, I like the idea of simply the unrest um, that you know when you when you do have people out in the streets of uh, Wisconsin, you know, waving their signs and all that other stuff. It shows other people that hey, you can get out and wave signs, and that will have some kind of effect. That a peaceful revolution is possible, and even here in the United States. Now, I don't know if I'm just wishful thinking or or what, but. Uh, you you know i i i like the unrest simply for the for the sake of unrest i like stability for making money but you know <laughs> the government's trying too hard to make it so we can't do that
0: well when you have something that is entrenched and stable in terms of reaching sort of a level of equilibrium in established corruption that's the sort of thing that needs to be destabilized and One of the things that we're in for, of course, is a a long and potentially very unpleasant and violent period of instability here, because we have the same elements at play here that are roiling the arc of crisis over the Middle East. And they have to do, first of all, with inflation. Good grief in Egypt, a country that imports all of its wheat, they endured a 47% increase in the price of wheat last year in large measure driven by quantitative easing, which is to say official counterfeiting through the Federal Reserve and its satellites overseas. That's the sort of a thing that drives people to the streets and drives people to violence. It's one of the reasons why I'm just astonished at the self-discipline of the many, many people who reached across religious divisions in Egypt to bring about this peaceful set of protests. They were also inspired by police abuse, by the abuse of, of people who, among other things, were videotaping instances of police brutality on the streets. There was a young man who was caught by the police doing that. He was taken to a secret police headquarters and beaten to death. And then a story was created after the fact, saying that he was somehow involved in drug trafficking. That seems to be the cover story of First Resort over in Egypt, as it is here in the United States. But it got to the point where these people had a surfeit of being ruled by a corporate imperialist stooge of Washington, and seeing everything that they earn, and they're, what, 80%, something like 80% of the population lives on the equivalent of $2 a day anyway. Mm. And so we feel inflation nibbling at our household budgets here. It's devouring Egyptians alive. And we're going to get that price shock too, because it's going to get to the point where we're no longer going to be able to export inflation to places like Egypt. And that's when things are going to get really nasty here in the United States. Now, that's going to suck. (laughs) However, (laughs) having said that... This is the sort of thing that has to happen. We don't have any choice but to go through some kind of tumult and upheaval here because the present system is just not sustainable. And if something isn't sustainable, it won't be sustained for much longer. Right. And you know. so –
2: it's certainly yeah. possible that you could uh, that that somebody in power, somebody had dictatorial level power, could stop what we have. I mean, you know, it took uh, it took uh, Jackson, I think, uh, for the course of six years as president um, to to get it done. So somebody with dictatorial powers could could get could undo this mess, but nobody nobody has the willingness um, to do so. So it seems to me what I'm hearing out there are rumblings of uh, the United States uh, dollar ceasing to be the world reserve currency and it mm-hmm. being replaced by either the yawn or the, uh, the 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 international monetary funds uh, sdrs which are a basket of currencies yeah. and that kind yeah. of thing if such a thing happens then all these countries that have been using dollars as their um you know to trade back and forth all of the countries that use dollars to trade back and forth um will cease to do so that means that there'll be a glut of dollars they'll spend mm-hmm. their dollars they'll come back to the united states like little boomerangs and at which point I mean, Katie, bar the door, we're screwed. Like with a big, with a big, giant lag nut screwed. And (laughs) there's, you know, there's the only solution I can see there is gold and silver. Uh, Perhaps some of these, uh, you know, agent monetary funds um, through, you know, Peter Schiff's company or something like that. Do you see any Mm -hmm. other solutions?
0: No, I don't. And we're also going to see decentralization because the dollar-based system here domestically isn't going to be supportable. I mean, you're right about the reciprocal wave of the tsunami that's been building since the dollar window was closed back in August of 1971. And what has happened, of course, in the interim is that there was a petrodollar entente, I don't know how formal it was, in which the Saudis and their kinfolk in places like Bahrain and others in the OPEC alliance, would accept the fiat dollars in exchange for something people actually want and need, which is petroleum. And every effort that has been made, there have been a couple of them over the last decade or so, to challenge the petrodollar entente has resulted in warfare and bloodshed. The first, of course, was Saddam talking about that notion around 2000 or so. And now Ahmadinejad is talking about doing the same thing. They've actually opened up an oil bourse in Tehran in which you can buy petroleum for... Euro or any other fiat currency or anything else apart from dollars that undermines the integrity or the supposed integrity of the dollar system. And now, of course, there's talk about making war on Iran in large measure, I think, driven by this consideration. And why is Bahrain so critical? That's where the Fifth Fleet is headquartered. And that's where you have a Sunni monarch propped up by Washington who's ruling over a large Shiite population that he and his secret police consider to be spies for Tehran. Hmm. And that's One of the ways that this roiling uh, wave of delegitimization, if you will, that's sweeping the Middle East is directly tied to this whole corrupt system of fiat, uh, dollar-based regimes, and and the whole economy based on fraud that the Federal Reserve presides over. And so when you have that breakdown overseas, you're going to have disruptions of every element of the economy that depends on that system. Here, domestically, and that means, one. for one thing, we're going to be living more locally. I don't buy into the peak oil idea that is promoted by a lot of people. I'm examining it. I look at it respectfully. I don't think it's entirely credible. But one thing that people who promote this idea, such as uh, James Howard Kunstler, uh, point out, I consider the entirely sound of that, is that we're no longer going to be seeing this huge uh, centrally directed uh, sort of unitary corporate commercial system that people are going to be driven to a more localized form of commerce. And I think that will, in large measure, be healthy. Uh, I don't want to see us disintegrate into into little, into little cultural or political pools, uh, because I believe in commerce and free trade. And I think that it'd be worthwhile, whatever happens politically, that we maintain that type of relationship with everybody. Sure, But I do think that in the in the immediate future, we're going to see where people are going to be driven to a more commodity-based form of economy, and that will involve not only the use of precious metals, but also uh, commodity barter. Uh, we actually had a system like that here in Idaho that uh, we, my family and I used back in the late 70s, early 1980s, during the last really deep recession, and it worked just fine until the Feds figured out a way to tax it, and they destroyed it that way. But you know what? Every effort of that sort, every type of prohibition, every type of intervention begets a black market. Uh, We're going to have black markets pullulating across the countryside. That's going to be a healthy development, too. So we're going to see sort of the Soviet uh, portrait of Dorian Gray... That's been kept in the basement, uh, brought out for inspection. We're going to find out just how much this superpower resembles the one that supposedly defeated in the Cold War. I think over the next several years, isn't that going to be fun?
2: So all the teachers' union in uh, Wisconsin has to do is demand they get paid in some kind of commodity-based uh, item, <laughs> and then they're, and, and then the, the U.S. military will intercede and uh, kill them all.
0: <laughs> that sounds how, how <laughs> it would play out, probably. <laughs> well, you know, the hypothetical I used to start my, my, article, my article was. What would happen if you had a huge mob descend on a state capital composed of people who were taxpayers who went on strike, or as I prefer to call them, tax victims? We don't pay taxes. Taxes are stolen from us. Yes. That makes us victims, not customers. Isn't the IRS calling us a customer, calling each of us a customer? You know, it's exactly like a rapist calling his victim a girlfriend. <laughs> but what if you had a tax strike of the sort, uh, in terms of intensity and, and dimension, Take place anywhere in the United States, and I think that uh, tactical nukes would not be ruled out as a way of spelling the the gathering revolt. And I think that that's a useful thought experiment. Examine what's going on here in terms of the fact that these are people who are the takers rather than the makers, and try to imagine what would happen if the makers rebelled. Those of us who actually earn wealth honestly through legitimate, uh, mutually beneficial commerce rather than extracting at gunpoint the way that uh, tax feeders do.
2: Well, you know, this is my last question. I'm going to have to to run here, William Norman Greg. Right. But um, what is the, how much does the Tea Party plug into the hole you just talked about? The Tea
0: Party is really a polyglot, variegated movement. There are I believe, several discernible factions within it. And unfortunately, of course, the Republicans have managed to take control of the commanding heights of the Tea Party movement, which is predictable, but still infuriating and obnoxious. But within the Tea Party, you're actually sort of outliers in the Tea Party movement. There are people who understand these equations we're discussing here in terms of how things actually work. And they don't fall comfortably into the prescripted uh, bipartisan narrative in which you have to choose your, your faction of revenue hogs and stick with that faction. And I think that uh, what's going on right now where you have the establishment-oriented Tea Party uh, counter-protest going on in Wisconsin is something out of professional wrestling. Basically, they've, they've got an angle that's being played here. And I think that the more intelligent elements of the Tea Party, those who cluster around the Campaign for Liberty and the Ron Paul campaign and, and people of that kidney, are smart enough to recognize that uh, walker is not offering a real alternative as much fun as it would be to see the public employee unions be broken in wisconsin that's not a solution that just puts the other party the other socialist party in a position of dominance and it's appropriate this is happening in wisconsin that's where a group of german
2: socialists got together to create the republican party in the first place so oh i didn't even know you, that story <laughs> yeah in
0: ripon wisconsin that's where they all came from and half of Half of Lincoln's uh, bloody-handed generals came from that uh, yeasty ferment of German socialism in Wisconsin there, too. So it's interesting that Wisconsin would be ground zero for this uh, sort of Weimar-type street theater that's unfolding for our delectation right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) William Norman Gregg, thank you very much. Uh, Folks can see your article, uh, uh, lewrockwell.com, tomorrow, is that right? Probably tomorrow, yes. And if they want to rush off and see it tonight, uh, how can they see your blog?
0: Blog, freedom in Our Time dot dot com. Freedom in Our Time dot com. The name of the blog is Pro Libertate.
2: William Norman Greg, thank you.
0: Take care. It's great to be with you.
8: Are you ready to explore New Hampshire, meet more than a thousand freedom-loving friends, and experience the free market in action? You can do all of these things and more at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and Janiel Schulman, but the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. Porkfest 2011 is the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world. This year, you can be a part of it. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Use coupon code FREETALKLIVE, all one word, for 20% off.